Welcome to episode 420 of Conversation Street. I'm Michael. I'm Gemma. And I'm Listener Sal. Yay! Hello, Listener Sal. <laughs> Hi there. How are you both? All right. How are you? I'm quite marvellous. I've uh, never sat down for so long and done bugger all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could have to beat that one, aren't you, Michael? Uh, it's been quite oh, nice, yeah. actually, just to have time at home in, in, in this really bizarre situation that we're all finding ourselves in. And... Um, yeah, uh, you can look at the positives, and my positive is I'm spending lots of time with my family. My negative is that I'm doing a lot of washing and cooking and cleaning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a back to reality for me next week, because I'm back in school on, on Monday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, fingers crossed it won't be too long before I'm back at work. Oh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Mm. Uh, so anyway, what, what are you doing here anyway, Sal? Get crashing our I'm podcast. Gonna, I'm going to pick a winner. <laughs> That's right, for our stamp competition for the Royal Mail collection of cool Coronation Street stamps to celebrate the 60th anniversary, which are going to be out by the time the podcast is uploaded, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think, Coming yeah. 28th. Out this weekend. Yes. Yeah, so um, we asked our listeners to um, email in um, the names of some characters they'd like to see on stamps. And then we, uh, Sal's going to randomly pick one of those to win a presentation pack. That's right. It's very high tech, this. I love this link you've sent me. Just know, so this, listeners this is... know, I've got this link and there's, a, there's a, a circle with people's names on it. It says, click to spin, which I will do once I'm given the nod to do it. Yeah, this is no names in a hat. This is... No, technology. <laughs> what? Well, do you want to give it a spin? Do you want to pick a winner? I'm going to click away now. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, it's evolving. <laughs> so exciting. Da! And the winner is Melissa Stocker. Yay! Congratulations, Melissa. She, by the way, picks David Platt to go on a stamp. Oh, good choice. Good choice. <laughs> I don't fancy licking the back of Jack's head, though. <laughs> <laughs> All the front of his head come to that. <laughs> we, we did get a couple of votes for Jenny as well, by the way, just Aww. so you know. Definitely should be. That would just be really weird. Yeah. I was thinking about that when I was listening to your episode about the stamps the other day. I was thinking, I would find that so weird if a stamp came through to my house and my face was on the front of the envelope. That would just be too weird. <laughs> you could just buy a lot. You could have bought a lot. A whole collection of them to send out with your Christmas cards or something as well. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really creepy. I will have to do that for our Christmas cards this year. Oh, really yeah, we'll have to do that. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well done, Melissa. If you want to um, get us get in touch with us again and send us your address, then we'll get those stamps posted out to you as soon as we get them. Yeah, hopefully, be pretty soon. Yeah, brilliant. Cool. Well done, guys. And I think that was a fab prize. And well done to Melissa and everybody else who took part. Yes, 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 thank yeah. you. So, uh, <laughs> Sal, just before you go, are we gonna are we gonna see Jenny back on our screens anytime soon? Have you? Is there any more Jenny, or are you just <laughs> still in France? Well, Jenny's with Johnny? little trip to France because of the uh, the way the uh, transmission has now gone has has been quite an extended break in France. So <laughs> I don't think you're going to be seeing her till July. 
Lovely speaking to you again. I'll let you get back on with your day now. Thank you. I'm going to go on Sunday. Thanks, oh, lovely. guys. Sounds good. See ya. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was nice, wasn't oh, it? Oh, thanks, Sal. That's a little visitation. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sally Ann Matthews, and congratulations to our competition winner. Um, we, as I said, we'll we'll send them off to you as long as you let us know where you live. Um, did you write down what everyone said? I did. Look for that. I did write down what everybody said, but I don't think I saved the document. Okay, that's but. helpful. <laughs> so, thank you for everybody for writing in your ideas that Michael just threw in the bin. Oh, the, the digital bin. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we had some for Jenny, we had some Johnny, we had a Blanche, David. we had a couple of Davids. Yeah. We had, um, who else did we have? I'm just trying to think of some. You had the answers, not me. I can't remember. I'm I've so been on sorry, deadline everybody. this week. I've been very busy, but it's been very good to have some thing to occupy my time. <laughs> I was very satisfied at the end of the work day today oh well done anyway yeah thank you very much for everybody who entered that to competition speaking of competitions we've got something more to talk to you about in just a second but before then as we're on the subject of stamps i wanted to say a little bit about our stamps that we have now received and maybe we got them through the post today yeah and we got the big display stamps we did we did and can i just say they are absolutely they are even better than i thought they would be they're so cool they're in like a it's like a shadow box where the stamp is like raised off of the surface so there's like a little oh, bit of a classy. shadow and then on the back of it it's got like the uh, an, an actual stamp version of the one that you've got a picture of and like a little certificate and it tells you what number oh yeah because they're limited is. edition aren't they there's 50 of each stamp and we've got number 20 of one number 30 of another so That's that makes cool. me think there might be some left over if you want to buy one there might be because we we did leave it a good week or so before we bought them didn't we after they, are they really became worth available it. if you if you if like you, the stamps yeah i think and and you I and mean, coronation street well i mean it's also expensive isn't it not everyone's got spare cash at the moment we're very fortunate to be able to afford to buy these my mum offered to buy um the Elsie and Annie one. Elsie uh, and Nina. Elsie uh, and Nina one for Michael because that was my granddad's favourite pair of characters. And um, I don't know if you guys remember, but we spoke on the podcast before about our Coronation Street watching history. And I said, in my family, my granddad, who died quite early um, on New Year's Eve, um, he was the curry watcher. And when he died, none, nobody in my family would want to watch it anymore because <laughs> it reminded them so much of him. So it's really nice to be able to. Um, have something on the wall that reminds me. Yeah, and that's him. that's our number twenty, isn't it? And number thirty is our Stan and Hilda, which I have open. And I've put the picture on social media. So it's just really, really, really cool. Um, we just need to find a wall space. We're debating whereabouts on the house they Michael should go. Michael makes it sound like we've got no space available, but actually, what he means to say is we need to decide what space we're going to give it because we've got so much space. We've got plenty of blank we walls. We really don't. The have question so is, many do we pictures. put them somewhere private? Or do we put them out in the public? And then people say, why have you got Coronation Street stamps on your walls, you losers? And we... <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we say, no, we're not. We're cool, actually. These are what all the cool people have got on their walls at the moment. Anyway, they're, anyway, don't they're be very ashamed. Awesome. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't I'm be ashamed not. of liking Coronation Street. I'm, can, I'm not. can bugger off if they don't like it. Yeah, they can. My house. They can write off. My stamps. Um, anyway, <laughs> they're very cool. 
Um, yeah, they are really. I I love them so much. They they are fifty nine ninety nine each though. Very expensive. Yeah, and, and the, also, the stamps themselves are nice, aren't they? The I presentation just have one pack thing that, they came that I wanted to say about the stamps, and that is that they're very dark. They do appear a little dark. We the both actual, kind of noticed this this morning, didn't we? The actual pictures that we've got of the stamps, they're not. They don't seem as dark, but I really feel as though somebody should have put it through a brightening filter or something. <laughs> Maybe I, there's a reason. Maybe they have to be dark to go on the. I like the uh, little the little cardboard Weatherfield Gazette yes, that comes with the presentation, got the presentation pack, pack as well. Pack, which is fourteen pounds twenty, which comes with um, all of the stamps really, and and this special Weatherfield Gazette in ten. Yeah, it's just like a you know bit taller than A four, double sided folded bit of cardboard um, written in the style of a newspaper and it's got the headline 60 years of Corrie and it talks a bit about that and then the, the articles in it are sort of based on like newsworthy that events that have happened in universe so there's like the tram crash on the front page there's a bit about the uh, 1986 fire at the rovers gale um, beating their murder charge and then there's some like little mini features like celebs spotted in Weatherfields and then oh, there's yeah. a picture of Ian McKellen and Joanna Lumley there's like a birth and death column there's there's even a little crossword but there's it's really ask cool Sue. there's a cool um there's, there's, an, there's an agony aunt they fit um, quite a lot little column there. written to Deirdre when she's deciding between Ken and Mike it's really really clever I do like it it's very very nicely designed it's very neat and I've uh, I've taken pictures of it and put that on our on our Instagram and our Twitter so if you want to have a read of it then um, then head over there and have a look. It's very, very, very nicely done. I'm very impressed with the effort that's gone uh, into these stamps this year. You know what I think about the barmaid stamp, but overall, my impression is they're fantastic. The the words were put together by Abigail Kemp. Oh, well done, Abigail Kemp. Done a great job. Lovely, yeah. So that was cool, but that wasn't our only Coronation Street delivery this morning in the post, was it? Oh, no, we've been busy today. Well, we've... do Do you want to say... Oh, we've got a, a massive um, delivery of nearly every single Coronation Street magazine that there ever was. There were 64 copies in total. We've got about 55 of them. Yeah. Um, we you got had, them off Reddit, didn't you? We already had a few, as you guys know, that I bought off eBay. They're very expensive to buy. But somebody on the uh, Reddit slash R slash Coronation Street subreddit went on and said, Oh, um... <laughs> I've got I've got all these magazines. Does anyone want them? And I'm like, Where did they I get? Do. Was it that they found them in their nan's attic or something? I think like it this. was something like that. And I was just yeah. So we got in touch. Very very friendly, lovely person, and um, they sent them through. And they've gone to a very good home. We spent. Oh yeah, they're brilliant. We we spent like. And give it half an hour, forty minutes or so, pouring through them this afternoon. Laughing we, at we, things. We we were laughing at, at laughing and, saying, and pointing and saying exactly the same thing at the same time. Like, wow, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but they they spanned from nineteen ninety four to nineteen ninety nine when they when they decided to um, abruptly halt it because there's a new Coronation Street website launching and you don't yeah. need a magazine anymore. Yeah, it's the future. Publishing's out, baby. Mm. It's nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, the future is digital. Print media is dead. Yeah. So. Um, we're, uh, we're going to have, I mean, over the coming months, I guess, reading through those and find... They're, they're just, it seems to me, there must be loads of information there that's not readily available online. Because for a lot of the research that we do for the podcast, we got we got the books, we got Coropedia, but even just you pick a random copy of this magazine and there's an interview with a cast member or something that I've not seen or, or, or pictures that I don't recognise. So um, we're going to be, yeah pilfering bits left left right and center yeah. from that magazine and um and hopefully like it'll be able to 
yeah, hopefully it'll uh, be able to inform some feature discussions or character profiles or, or whatnot. This is this is Gemma's job that I've uh, yeah. given to her because she's <laughs> now got another month off. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. That's the plan at the that's, moment. That's the plan But we all now. know things change instantly around these parts. They do. Um, so what we need to do now is buy a new house so that we can have an archive room because <laughs> I want to have put the magazines in those massive great big binders that you see on tv when they go to a museum or a library and the, the, the lady comes out and she's got the white gloves on and she, she's only the only one who's allowed to turn the page and the presenter has to just look hmm. what you politely. said to me the other day was that they should have um for the 60th anniversary year done one of those uh, weekly magazine things that comes with you know a, a build oh, yeah. a replica rover's return over the course of 60 issues only two pounds for the first issue and the next one's cost 10 pounds each yeah yeah how about build your own busts of coronation street stars and each um week you get like a, a disc and then you sort of layer them hang on a minute Gemma. when you say bust do you mean heads or do you mean massive bazookas <laughs> <laughs> no Gemma won't be involved in this <laughs> you've got a stamp that's maybe a, i'll see what she's getting maybe i'll keep that one to issue 120 through to 159 <laughs> um yeah they're, they're really really awesome uh, stuff so and um yeah well done Gemma, for, for scouting that out okay. and um and you showed it to me it. Um, I just want to put this out there to the universe. If anybody ever decides to start a Coronation Street magazine again, I I know about magazines because I've done it a bit. Yes, just a tad. When we you were know, going about Corey, through... You know, about writing, you know, about magazines. When we were going through the magazines earlier, I was actually starting to get stressed out because I was thinking and worrying about how I was going to fill 50 pages, or 49 pages, um, until I remembered that this magazine closed, like, 20 years 20 ago, years ago years and it's ago. also not my job to worry about it. I was like, oh, what would you do? You could, I guess you could have like a month. <laughs> as as somebody in the biz, what, what are your overall impressions of, you know, the layout, the well, choice I, of features? Oh, you know? well, you're not supposed to do anything. Like, what? <laughs> it looks like they did it in, in Word. Um, That's all they had about there. Well, Word no, 97. Not for making magazines. <laughs> um, one, the only, the only fee- piece of feedback I have was I thought it was kind of funny how at the beginning of the print run, they had a logo that was just text, just a font. And then sort of about 17 issues in, somebody went, hang on a minute, Coronation Street already has a logo that looks a bit like a street sign. Why don't we do it like that? And somebody else must have gone, you you know what? (laughs) (laughs) I think you're onto something there. I love like looking through it. We we will get on to talking about other things soon, I promise. Like um, some of the uh, adverts for old Cory merchandise. Oh, we were that like, had in there. this isn't fair. Look at all this stuff they've they seem got. to have loads of Cory merch. It a lot seemed, of it looked yeah. like pretty dodgy quality, to well, be honest. There were some horrible little figurines, weren't there? Oh, some... God, that was awful. What were they called? I don't remember. What's the name of the company? I don't know. It's a fairly well respected, or are they? I don't know. I've heard of them before. <laughs> Figurine Company. Oh, Cor- Corgi? It might be called good. I don't remember. I don't know. They were terrible. They were funny. And they, they also had like uh, calendars, pull out calendars, didn't they? With, oh, yeah, centrefolds. <laughs> it was funny seeing like the um, the prevalence of some of the younger cast members on, on those. So we had a lot of, um, we had a lot of Jane Danson, didn't we? we Jane had an awful Danson lot of, um, of the month. Every month. I can't remember what his name um, The guy who played Spider. He was seen oh, yeah. to feature in quite a few of the I issues. I forgot his name. Um, Anyway, it, it, they're really cool. What we're thinking that we might do over the next couple of days on Instagram Live, as lots of people seem to enjoy that last time, is like do a live having a look through the magazines. We're not going to look through every single page and let you read them all, but just, you know, having a look through. Have and a flick through. Get our impressions. Because we, we only had the brief as a brief flick throughs. We could have spent yeah. a lot of time. We, we just really just turned yeah. each 
one over to see what it said on the front. Yeah, so maybe we spend like uh, half an hour, 45 minutes, hour or so looking through them. So um, look out on our Instagram it really if you is want a treasure to have a look trade. through that yourself. One of the things I've really enjoyed this year is just kind of Corrie ephemera and uh, like associated um, books and autobiographies and thinking about the world of Coronation Street outside of the show itself, which I never really was that interested in, to be honest, before now. I've always had a bit of a thing about, not I don't like behind-the-scenes stuff, I don't really like interviews, um, like reading interviews and things, but somehow, because we've gone back and watched the early episodes, mm. it's made me go, ooh. Yeah, yeah. I actually really like well, when it. When better to do that than Corrie's 60th year? In a, in a cultural context. Now, it's still not time for the quiz yet because... Oh, what are we doing now? Competition time. Okay, Again, we've, another we've only just finished one competition, but we've got another one coming up and this one is quite special. This Demma, is a do you want to, um, Well, a very... I'm leaving you to introduce all this today. I don't know why. A very nice, anonymous person um, who is a, one of our patrons told us that they like being a patron so much that they would like to sponsor somebody else to be a patron for a year. That is such a generous offer. Very generous. They made it about what, three or four weeks ago, didn't they? And uh, we were, we've been looking around ways that we can make it happen. It's not as easy as you would think, but we think we've worked out a way to enable this to happen. So the prize is a year's subscription to our Patreon at the Rover's Return that's level. That's the top level, everybody. That's the, that's the top level. And so you get bonus episodes every month plus a card, postcard from us. Yeah. And you a also mug. get some merchandise as well. Mm-hmm. Well, this year it was a mug. Well, yeah, it depends yeah. when we get that sent out. That'll go out um, after six months or so. You get so. early interview access. You get to make, you get to find out what we're going to be doing. You get previews, you get show notes. Um, the whole shebang. <laughs> um, what Because this person's request was that they wanted to sponsor a new patron, we're only opening it to people who are not currently patrons. And I'm sure you will understand um, why. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we want, we want, to, we want uh, somebody to get the chance who might not necessarily be able to afford it. It's very, it is expensive and not, not, people don't have mm-hmm. a spare cash floating around at the moment. So thank you very much to our generous anonymous donor. It's also, I want to say, um, really important that this is a competition for listeners of the podcast, which is why you're not going to find us promoting this on social media anywhere, this competition. Yeah, Whereas with the other competitions, we'll put it on Twitter, we'll put it on Instagram or whatever, but this is only going to be mentioned on the this podcast. And we'll guys. mention it at the beginning of the podcast over the next few weeks, just to remind you. Um, but yeah, that this is for you. Um, and we really hope that somebody who is a, is a big fan of the podcast that hasn't been able to sign up to be a Patreon will will we'll win this and, and enjoy it. If you want to find out more about our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash conversation street and see what's on there. Correct. We've got different tiers, but like we said, Rose Return is the top tier. So... Oh, I, also, um, I wanted to say that um, because we're only mentioning this on the podcast, we're going to keep this competition running for the next month or so. Yeah. Um, because we know that we've got some listeners who are behind... Um, with Coronation Street because they're watching in, in Canada or America or, or wherever and they're not up to date with us so by the time you get round to listening to this episode um, our foreign friends hopefully the competition will still be open don't dilly dally enter today yeah do this, it closes it, on the 3rd of July 3rd of July which is how long is that day after Michael's birthday it's everybody after my birthday. so you've got plenty of time but don't be lulled into a full sense of security 
Exactly. Now, we've got a bit of a tricky question here. You've got to earn this. Michael was quite adamant that this was a question that had to be a bit more difficult than perhaps you might usually ask. You've got to show that you want this prize, everybody. <laughs> it's really worth it. You get to listen to extra hours worth of us wittering every month now. Mm-hmm. Priceless, that is, isn't yes. it? It's brilliant. So the question... I really enjoy doing our Patreon episodes. I know, I, I love them. Our question today is, today's episode of Coronation Street, that broadcast in the UK, was number 10,068. How many episodes does that mean we have covered in our street talk section over the years? That's right, everybody. You've got to do this some is a bit maths tricky. for this. So, so we're talking about the episode 10,068 today. That's the last one in this week's street talk. Okay. So what you would probably need to do, just an idea, is to go back and find out when the first episode of Conversation Street came out. And maybe you might want to look, I don't know, on our blog to find that out. Yeah. Perhaps that might be the easiest way of doing it. And then, then you'd need to know what episode number that we were talking about. On the one. Monday of that week, the very the first. And the way to do that would probably, I don't know, be to go to Corypedia. Some kind of online encyclopedia of Cory. I mean, anyone will do. Generic that. brand is fine. Um, and then and then do some maths and take the numbers away from each other. <laughs> maybe take away, maybe add, maybe maybe a bit of subtract. You could divide it if you wanted there, to. But somehow you will get to the golden number of how many episodes of Coronation Street we have covered in Street Talk. Um, and and it, when, we don't want any smart you. Alec answers. Yes, maybe we might have ret- referred to an episode that happened in the don't, 80s or don't something. Don't make it too complicated for yourself. Don't make it too complicated, right? It's the episodes... From that first Monday that we talked about in the very first podcast to this Friday. 10,068. And we, we had a look and we, we found the answer out um, a couple of nights ago, didn't we? Oh, it's shocking. It, it didn't take long. It took us about three or four minutes to find it out. It's easy. But if, if you, you, know, yeah, so, you know what you're doing. So thank you again to our donor. Um, year subscription to our Patreon. Oh. Rover's return level closes at the 3rd of July. What we didn't say is how that they can actually tell us. Email us, please. Email us, conversationstreet at gmail.com. Put, put the, 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 the subject head of Patreon competition or, or something like that. We'll, we'll find it. Really hope that you you guys enter if you're not patrons already. And, um, I'm sure somebody will enter, but, you know, the more people that enter, the more... Fun we'll have. <laughs> yeah, and the... And it's all about that, really, isn't it? Yeah, but, you know, you might be sitting there thinking, that sounds oh, like a, an awful lot of work. I don't know whether I'm going to be bothering enter. But you know, you might be the only person that enters. And you really you might be the only person that enters. Three-minute bit of maths, and then you win yourself a year's Patreon subscription. And it us. is really good fun. I like, I love our Patreon. Anyway, that's enough. We've just garbled on for ages, and I've still got to do the quiz, haven't we? Oh, yeah, we're, we're 18 minutes in, and we haven't actually started what well, we that's usually not even, do. that's not even including Sal. Oh, yeah. Fine, we're well into the podcast at the moment. Okay, right, listen, here's the quiz. Quick fire quiz this week, Gemma. The thing is about the quiz, I don't know what happened, but it seems to me that in the past, in this is for things that happened between the 25th and the 29th of May, and years ending in a five and a zero, from coronationstreet.fandom.com, which is an online encyclopedia of Coronation Street, in case you're interested in that kind of thing. <laughs> um, it, it seems to me that in, during this week, nothing happened except for Victoria Court Fire. <laughs> So most of these questions revolve oh, around Britain's that. Britain's Got Talent Week. We're missing Britain's Got Talent Week. I hadn't even noticed that. I'm not missing Britain's Got Talent oh, Week. I think of all the drama that there would have been going on this week. Anyway, carry on. Right, so the first question is, Liz gets bad news from Tracy. Do you remember what it was? 
Are we talking about which year particularly? 2015. Um, this is when Tracy told Liz that she'd been having an affair with Jason's dad. Tony. Tony. Yeah, the one, the person whose name I forgot the other week when he came up in the quiz. Um. Yeah. Anything else? I'll give you the point, but... Um, no. Well, they were going to get rid of Liz out of the Rovers and uh, kick her out. Okay. Um, 26th of May, 2015, it's the wedding of which two characters? Stephen and Michelle. Correct. Yes. Um, 26th of May, 2015, same day, Tracy breaks into Carla's pla- flat. <laughs> um, that would be David I remember Carla's well. flat. <laughs> but what does she plan and what happens? She plans to... She was, she was supposed to be going there to kill Carla, wasn't she? And yep. she took her little candle and then she puts it down underneath a, a lamp and boom, the rest is history. She sets fire to it. Yeah. And she was going to kill Carla. This is good. I'm only having to uh, think about five years to this. How does she plan to kill her? Um, I thought she was going to bop her over the head, as is yeah, her, she was gonna uh, her, her preferred why, method of murder. I mean, why change a winning formula? <laughs> 26th of May. Same year. We only got FS questions. I've got two questions that aren't it. Where does Liz send Michelle and Steve off on their honeymoon? I don't know. Take a guess. Caribbean. No. To Spain to see Andy. Uh. Come on, Michael. Twenty <laughs> seventh of May. Two thousand. You have your honeymoon with your brother. Well, she organised this to get them out of the way because she knew that there was going to be kicking uh, off yeah. stuff. So she got rid of them. Okay. Right, now pay attention. 27th of May, 2005. Okay. Sarah gets sacked on her first day working at Compton's. But what did the shop sell and why was she sacked? 2005 working at Compton's? Yep. Blimey, I've got... What's Compton's? Oh, oh, it's the bakery. Yeah. The bakery, it sells bread. Yes, it does. What was the question? Why, why did, did she, she get, get fired? Oh, um... Picking her nose before kneading the dough. <laughs> I, don't uh, do you th- I don't think you'd put somebody on dough duty on their first day in a bakery. No, the money money went missing from the till, but it turned out it was mice. How quaint and whimsical. It was mice? Yeah, mice were stealing the money out of the till. Don't ask me, what? it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it sounds like something out of Cinderella. I know. Um, 27th of May, 2015. Back there again. What does Maddie discover Jenny doing with a black wig? <laughs> um, wearing it. <laughs> Phoning. What but was she up to? She was she was plotting to steal Jack away. Yeah. Oh, that was classic. Tell you oh, what, that was a really good week. I was listening to this going, I was reading all this going, wow, this is, a lot happened during this week. Good th- job, really. I wouldn't have any questions. Yeah, I think when we did the, um, the the feature discussion ages ago about Britain's Got Talent Week, we agreed that this was quite a this quite was an explosive the most one. Eventful one. Oh, really? Yeah, explosive. 28th of May, 2010. Mm-hmm. Tony Gordon dispatches a goon from prison to spy on Carla to get revenge. Who plays him? The guy who plays Hugo off of the Vicar and Dibley. <laughs> do, do I get a point for that? Oh, maybe half a point? <laughs> I don't. His name is James Fleet. Fine. Do you remember what the character's name was? Um, no, but I'm sure you'll tell me and I'll go, oh yeah. Robbie Sloan. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're not getting them all right, because otherwise it'd be a bit of a rubbish quiz, wouldn't it? No, it'd be best quiz. <laughs> 28th, I think we've got different objectives with this quiz. 28th of May. He's trying to catch me out. 2015. The Victoria Court fire results in the death of which residents? Maddie. 
Maddy what? Heath. Mm-hmm. And Kalnazir. Yeah, correct. Five, six, seven, that? eight, eight and a half out of. You got three wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully brain, your math skills aren't as bad as Gemma's when you're half. entering our competition this uh, this month. And this by Gemma's, he means either Gemma, I think. Right. Um, is that birthdays. no? We got birthdays, haven't we? Oh, we we missed the birthday on last week's oh. one because today, as we're recording this, it's a very special birthday. It's George Banks' birthday. George this, Banks' today. birthday today, today. Friday. Happy Henry birthday. Newton. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday to you. Yes. Um, it's not on Coropedia. It's not. Here are the Get on ones. There and change that. Uh, we can, you, anyone can edit it, probably. 30th of May, Sally Divner plays Sally Webster. 1st of June, Geoffrey Leasley, who's Gordon, Gordon Clegg II. I don't know if that's Leslie or is it Leasley? I don't know. Um, 3rd of June, Michelle Keegan, who plays Tina McIntyre. Well, she played her. <laughs> no, no chance for a return there, I'm afraid. Yeah. 4th of June, got loads of birthdays. Edward Evans, who's Lionel Petty. Jack Gallis, who's Harry Mason. I see we know who Lionel Petty is now. He was the, that uh, like drill sergeant yes, shopkeeper was, that, he? that was yeah. in it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I quite enjoyed watching him for, for his little stint. Bradley Walsh, who played Danny Baldwin. Deborah Stevenson, who played Frankie Baldwin. And Brooke Vincent, who's Sophie Webster the third. Lovely. 5th of June... Rachel Leskovac, who's Natasha Blakeman. And that is all the birthdays. That's it. Well, I suppose for half an hour into this podcast, we better get on about talking about this week's street, haven't we? We probably should do, yeah. Then let's get on with it. Time for street talk. And we have got a little confession to make that little bit that you just listened to. We did record a bit earlier this evening, before this evening's Coronation Street and this week's episode of Corrie's Good News. I don't know why I like that episode so much. I, I what was it, was it about this week's Corey's Good News that it made it the best? The best, best episode <laughs> so far. It took them, took them eight weeks seen. to get there, but there's just that little extra added element that made it good this week. And we're not talking about Julia Golding. No, although she was excellent too. She was fantastic. I'm a bit of Julia. We got a shout out, Gemma. At last. We have not gone unnoticed. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for, for um, uh, uh, lobbying on our behalf to be included. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a little bit dirty. But they That's know. weird. <laughs> well, we got a mention, and Colson said that um, Gemma and Michael had been desperate for a shout out on Corey Good well, News. And it's true. Oh, no, I'm not bothered, I don't care. <laughs> you have been. <laughs> You've been watching that every week and going, well, this What's is, wrong with us? This is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> but now we can just. We can just sit back and watch the rest of them really happily and without being on the edge of our seats that maybe is this going to be the week when we get a shout out? I don't care if we never get shouted out again. Although I might not be saying that, you know. Michael, for God's sake, there's never enough for you, is it? You're, you're a fame monster. I'm satisfied. <laughs> and whoever passed the message on to the higher ups at Coronation Street that we wanted to get the Conversation Street name out there into the world via Coronation Street Good News, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Colson. Yes. All that battering you up saying you're doing an excellent job has clearly worked wonders. Yes. I'm sure everybody listens. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> let's let's next time try and get on by, you know, well, our own merits to... and not just so being just... desperate. I think we don't have very many me- merits, do we? <laughs> <laughs> never mind, never mind. Anyway, we're not here to blow our own trumpet. We're going to blow Coronation Street's trumpet and about how good this week's episodes were. Or You're were not they? actually allowed to do that anymore. What? Blow other people's trumpets. <laughs> 
Fine. Passes germs. <laughs> I'm going to blow Coronation Street's trumpet from a safe two metre distance. <laughs> this week, we have got six episodes, six stories, sorry, to talk about covering the three episodes of Corrie this week. Um, we, we had been calling the David storyline Street Fighter, hadn't we? Because we were convinced that it was in some sort of secret underground fight club. But well, it turned out he was just a big a big chicken and running away from the fight. Well, I said we thought he was doing a fight club, but he's actually doing a Forrest Gump. Yes. <clears throat> because he's actually running, we're going to call this storyline title for this week, The Street Fight or Flighter. I think it should be just Street Flighter. Street Flighter then, fine, whatever. And also Shona's back, who doesn't make it into the storyline title this week, but... Oh, the show must go on. Oh, that just came to me. Must go on. No, just show is fine. Okay, that's right. that's the um, abbreviation. Um, then we're going to talk about the serious case of the Ollie Wobbles, which is getting more serious by the week. Um, bailout returns, and it was more about that than the racism, wasn't it? Ra- racism in Weatherfield is now uh, cured after um, Ed's amazing speech last week. I didn't get that much of a mention. And I think the the status of peanut butter became the main talking point in the Bailey household on Monday's episode. Um, we have I got... have to say, I've heard abs- some really ignorant statements on Coronation Street from, from characters, you know, Dom last week being racist, but the Bailey's talking about peanut butter. Oh, my God. I can't even remember what they were saying. They were there. saying things oh, like... Got, is it got butter in it? Is it got butter <clears throat> in it? No. And then I was saying it should be called nut spread. I think, oh, yeah. legally, <laughs> I think in some countries... They like if you imported their peanut butter, it wouldn't be able to be called peanut butter over here because you've got to have a certain amount of peanuts in it for it to be legally even called peanut butter. Which, when you think about it, is nonsensical. But there you go. What would you call it if it had marmite in? I would call it nut spread with yeast extract. Oh, Mm. wow, that sounds great. I'd buy me some of that. Let's get a case. Uh, Tonight's episode, which I think sounded like it was at the beginning of a week again, they'd they'd come back to. We got to see the date on Jeff's uh, video phone today. It's the 27th of April, this was supposed to be broadcast. Um, So, so over a month. month, Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, so that was more the the Yaz fighting storyline, although she isn't putting up much of a fight at the moment. She's only fighting Alia. Yes. (laughs) Which, I mean, fair enough. And um, Asher Flashes returned. I kind of thought that that story was over for now, but it looks like there is more to more to say, look, which includes dragging the teaching profession through the mud and making again. us look like we don't know what we're doing. Thank, yeah, you, thank you very much. Um, uh, well, they got they got to justify recasting Ardy, don't they? Yes, I to be honest, I didn't think that Adam Hussein had filmed any more episodes. I don't know where I got that impression from, um, but I was there I was quite surprised to see him pop up. In today's episode. Well, I was I was looking at my phone when Asher, when when they were sort of talking about the fact that he was in in well that he became apparent that he was in the scene, and I looked up and I had forgotten that he was recast. I was like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, yeah, it's good to see him back. I'm glad that he's got some more scenes, even though he's being very naughty and fighting. Yes, I know. We didn't get to see it this time, though. No. Tragic. Speaking of fighting don't, don't or flighting, Gemma, yeah. uh, do, do, would you like to do this one? Oh, Let's okay. Start off this week. The show must go on. Yeah, so David is running. He is trying to run his <laughs> problems away because Shona's having an assessment to see if she can come home. Um, and she gets, we, we see Shona, this first time we've seen her for a, a good while, isn't it? Not very long. No, they have handled this. Um, this is like the best, most seamlessly handled maternity leave, like ever. literally ever in Coronation Street. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm it's just only gonna been... Say, I'm just going to say, um, I don't know what, what 
how Julia Goulding worked it out and how much time she had off and stuff. But obviously, some people take more time off than others and it's not always possible. Helen Flanagan, where are you? Look, Michael, it's not always possible to... Um, yes, it's not always possible to not have, you know, the screen time drop as much. But but they've done a really great job and I don't know how they managed it, but well, I'm the sure last time it was that... a lot of hard work. And we just to know, let you know... Coronation Street, Julie Goulding, we really appreciated how this was handled. Absolutely. But I just don't want to make anyone else feel guilty about how they handled their maternity leave because... of course not. Obviously, you've changed your whole life, haven't you? (laughs) You've had a baby. There's stuff to do. Apparently, there's more stuff to do when there's a baby around the house. I believe so. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because we last saw her... January, February time, I can't remember. She kept kept surprising us how often Popping she up. was in it. And I, I'm sure that she must have you know, pre-filmed some of the scenes I don't know how they long did before it, she went off on maternity. Really great job. And, it, and the it thing helped. is as well, if this had been shown in April, that literally would have maybe only been you know, six, eight weeks. I'm guessing that she hadn't been on screen and you get characters disappearing off screen for that long all the time, even men. And I'm pretty sure they don't have babies. Um, le- no, you can't even say that anymore. Oh... Um, right, so she's having an assessment to see if she can con- come home. She gets told the Correctly assessment... Correctly identifies the African animals on the paper. Giraffe. And she was, like, waiting to see where the woman looks, and she goes, point, that's the giraffe. <laughs> um, looking good. She's doing well. She wants to go home. But, no, not the home you think. She wants to go to the estate, the Scally estate, with Clayton. Um, and the her assessor, or whoever, her little... I didn't really know who she was. I think I just wrote, like, hospital woman, Minion. helper, or not particularly helper. I mean, she wasn't really helpful because I wouldn't say that Shona was as prepared for that meeting with Clayton as she probably should hope. have been. Anyway, so so her minion says, um, you can't really, though, because don't forget he's in prison. And Shona's like, look, this is just a mere hurdle for me. I don't really care. I want to see him. David finds out on the phone that they are taking her to prison to see this evil troll who tried to kill her his words not mine um sarah sarah has come around to number eight because david has got upset and locked himself in his room later on in the week he says that teenagers are stupid but i don't think he's ever grown up out of that stage <laughs> has hasn't. i think gail's worried that he is hurting himself but he's not he's getting ready to go out for another run and he says i'm gonna run and run and run until i can't run anymore and the wolves eat me. Now, sadly for David, I don't think there's been wild wolves in the U- UK for thousands of years. So it's, right. um, it's going to have to be he, the chads. If, if my knowledge of Manchester is, um, is right, it's the Canada geese you need to be watching oh, out God, for. Watch because out for they them. are all over the place around the Corrie Studios. And, and anywhere, you, they can break your arm. They can, anywhere in the UK, you have to watch out for swans who will break a man's arm on behalf of the Queen. <laughs> we all know she's vengeful. But honestly... Canada geese round Manchester City, not Manchester City, well, Media City. Where have they I've never come seen from? so many cat Canadians. Like we said before, they must just be fans of the show because a lot of Canadians probably wish they could fly over to Manchester and just hang around. If you could get up close City. to the Canada geese, you'd probably find little um, little cameras like Jeff cams strapped <laughs> to their legs and their pets that have been yeah. flown across the Atlantic by those crazy Canuck fans that are just desperate for a glimpse in of what's going on in the set. And if they're, what are we talking if they're about? not doing that, then there's an idea for you <laughs> in quarantine. Um, so we have a prison visit. It doesn't, like you said, doesn't go smoothly. The, the, 
the minion says, you know, that he might not be exactly as you remember. And as soon as Clayton comes out, she literally does not know who he is and tells him, you're not my boy. I think she was expecting to see him a much younger kid. Yeah. She's like, I've been, I've had a baby and you're the same actor. It doesn't make sense. David um, is menacing some some teens in the park. He thinks he's such a big man. He He's in the playground and he pushes somebody off their his bike and then he runs away. He picks it up and chucks it and runs away. And this lot... I think was, somebody must have told him, pick on someone your own size. So he, just so he went does. to the he playground. <laughs> <laughs> um, he... The, this There was not a brain cell between a lot of these people because he, he accosts people on bikes, throws a bike on the floor, then he runs away, really should have taken the bike and cycled off, and they all follow him on foot. <laughs> I think somebody gets, grabs the bike eventually, don't well, they? Well, that was probably the smartest one out of everybody. They yeah. could probably call him Brainy Specs. <laughs> boff, boff. Uh, so on the next, well, th- those kind of criminals do exist in Weatherfield. We just saw one trying to rob Annie Walker last night, didn't we? What, on the, brainy uh, on the boff DVD. Specs spec. Yeah, those are like the, the poshest, most well-educated thugs I've ever seen on on a, on a journey through 1975 last night. So you're saying there hasn't been an intelligent criminal on Coronation Street since 1975? Yeah, basically, yeah, 45 years. So, oh, good maths. So on Wednesday, David runs into a warehouse that seems to be um, holding car parts and hides. he looks sort of r- scurries up the side of a... Of a mm, for rack, doesn't he? Yeah, and hides inside. Mm. Um, and they were looking for him. It was kind of exciting. It was a bit like the end of Indiana Jones. It was a bit exciting. But I don't know. I didn't really feel much sense of danger there for him. Well, look, we'll find out how dangerous the situation really was in a minute, won't we? Okay. But Shona um, sort of rallies a bit in the in the prison and sort of sort of makes herself. I'm here now. I might as well look, try to start. Okay, talking this is to Clayton. You. Then she talks to him about being in prison, and she blames herself. Like she, like she's talking about somebody else. Like oh, I must have been such a useless mum for you to end, have ended up here. But I will um, make it up to you, and I will get you whatever you need for your shady prison trades. Little does she know she already offered to be a drugs mule for him. Yeah, it's not her fault. He turned out the way he is. It's that evil Dane, isn't it? Yeah. Dane Hibbs. He's dead now. Um, yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. That she was basically like, going, "I used to be so such a useless idiot." Mm. Anyway. Um, David sneaks back down the the rack, but he um, immediately gets discovered. He thinks the coast is clear, but it's clearly not. I mean, he probably should have just stayed up there for a little bit longer. But I think he likes being just like, chase me, chase me. Um, the, <laughs> then the most useless wrestling match I've ever seen in my life takes place, where they all just kind of, I don't know, poke each other. They kind of bundle and, on him, but like, not really. They're like tickling each other. It's like, I, I, did, did Jack P. Shepherd say beforehand, look... Not my face. Yeah, exactly. Not the face, not the face. I, it it really, they were just kind of, yeah, poking... Pro- I saw like people online comparing it to a tickling fight. There were there were four of fight. them against one, and they I don't even think they left a mark on him, did they? Didn't get any, any you know, T-shirt torn or... Well, It was no. useless. It was utterly, utterly useless. And then the police turn up because the, uh, the warehouse guy has, uh, has rung them up. Stop playing with each other. Go back to the playground. <laughs> um, Clayton has decided to take this opportunity to poison Shona's mind against David and talking about, oh, he used to drink a lot, he had affairs, he hit you. Shona gets really upset and confused. She wants to leave. And um, 
she's like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And then Clayton, as she's being left led away, goes, you're right, you were a useless mum. He is such a horrible guy. I hate Clayton so much. He's such a little turd, isn't he? He is. David um, is at the police station. He leaves. Craig follows him. Craig, Craig, for some reason, is always around when David's up to no good. He is, isn't he? But he's never there Nothing to stop to him do. or protect him or do anything policey. No, he's just there to tell him, stop goading teenagers. Do you know what? Teenagers. You shouldn't really be doing this. Um, David says, yeah, I, I was a bit scared, actually. Perhaps I should stop, <laughs> stop <laughs> goading teenagers. Um Sarah nags at David in the pub and he says, I'm giving up on Shona. She's, she's given up on me. What's the point? Back at the centre, Shona does not know what to believe about David. But then Sarah, Sarah shows up and she is there to sort of fill in some of the blanks, which is the last five years of Shona's I love life. How, I love how throughout this storyline, the characters have just popped across to Leeds. Yeah, it's no bother. No. Um, now, it's interesting to think that Shona has lost those years of her life. Because when she first appeared in the show, as you might remember, she was a bit of a scallywag because she stole David's wallet. And she was very chavvy when she first came in. So is she reverting back to being a horrible chav? I guess so. Because I she mean... was quite rough around the edges and she sort of very quickly became a bit more chilled out, didn't she? She she went like through the, the... like now. She went through the usual Coronation Street, uh, yeah, rags to riches... Well, it's like you get ironed out, isn't it? Scruff you you turn up with a bunch of complicated ruffles that add to the plot. And then when the, that plot has been done, you don't need them anymore and they're a pain in the arse. So you just iron them out. thing is, she was never like, you know, a, she was never a Becky Granger, was she? Or a, or a Kylie or anything No, like but she that. was definitely in the mould of that. I'm going to stand by it and say that she was because she stole his wallet. She was, but that's all she did. I think she, it no, didn't I take her long It didn't take her long, but the they, they really, really made her out to be a bit of a ne'er-do-well when she, she came in the show. They did, but she was also, you know, running away from evil Nathan, wasn't she? Whatever. Sheltering in Why the church. I'll just... I'm just, I'm just pointing out, perhaps she, her personality has changed. Yes, maybe. Because I think Julia Golding was talking about that and she when was. she was talking to Colson Smith today in the thing and saying, you know... Yes. It, she, couldn't, she couldn't revert to how Shona used to be because Shona, your, your, your experiences shape your personality. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, there's only one um, prescription for this. What? Two years of, com- or three, I don't know, years of Conversation Street podcasts. You can catch up if you listen, f- and tell you what, if you listen to it double time, it only takes one year. Yes, exactly. How long has she been, has it been two or three years? I don't remember how long she's been in well, she's uh, been She in came in one Christmas, didn't she? 387 She's been in something and a half years. Yes, just needs to listen to the podcast and then it'll catch her up, make a split, or, or go to Corypedia, I suppose. Yeah, you could do many things, couldn't you? Um, so... So Shona and Sarah are having a conversation and Shona's asking Sarah about her life with David. Was she happy? Did he cheat on her? Did he ever hit her, etc.? And I thought this was was good, but I did feel a bit uncomfortable about Sarah clearly speaking from a position of authority about someone else's marriage when we've just had it established with Jeff and Yasmin that you don't know what's going on behind closed doors and even... A couple that looks happily married can have very deep problems in that marriage, and I don't, I, I don't think that Corey put the two together when they wrote this or thought about it. 
but it doesn't really mesh up together, does it? No. And, and the thing is, the point of the point of this story isn't the same point of the Jeff, Jeff and Yasmin stories. I'm just nitpicking, but I did think it was a bit weird that we're supposed to believe that Sarah knows what's going on in her... I suppose the uh, difference... But it's with... obviously not going to be helpful for Sarah to go, who knows if you were happy or not? You could have been being beaten for all I know, or you could have been abusing him, in fact. And we only see or saw each other three days a week, as it is anyway. <laughs> the thing is, with Sarah, I suppose the difference is she seems to have spent a lot of the time since David and Shona have been together sleeping on a blow-up mattress on the floor in number That's eight. That's true. They're very tight-knit, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah. So, um... There's, but I mean, she's no right. Closed doors. We know that she's right about what she said. Um, the relationship was a happy one, except they had this hurdle about when David was raped. She brings up the uh, oh, apart from the rape, and um, Shona immediately goes, "Oh my gosh, was I raped?" And then she's like, <laughs> so, uh, "Sarah, I'll slow down a bit." It's 2020, okay? Anyone can get raped. It's not just women anymore. Mm. You need to you need to broaden your mind, Shona. You bigot. Yeah. So yeah, I did think he, I did think this was a bit unhelpful um, and a bit gossipy. That's the sort of thing that you ease in Easing, gently. Yeah, like the 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 minions probably sitting there going, "Oh yeah, there was something in the notes about I probably should have." <laughs> Sarah's just a rip that plaster off kind of girl. I think she is a bitch. She, Although, she's like, look, there's a lot more than to this. Be fair, actually. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a whole twenty years of David Platt drama to cover. This Let's was just one start. of those. This is one of those. If you can't handle me at my worst, <laughs> you don't deserve me at my best. Conversations. Yeah. So yeah. look, she's. I'm not even going to mention that time that he pushed his mum down the stairs, or, got, or when he got drowned a by a serial killer, went on a rampage through the street with a crowbar, or, or beat his brother up, or stole money from his grandma, or, or crashed his car in the street and no one's burned down a window. Why don't you just give me a month and I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> Like, so basically Sarah's message to Shona is, David needs you. You helped him get through the darkest period he's ever had in his life, apparently. And you guys were really strong. You need to take David back. You need to save him from himself. I thought this was really poor for the, this, min, no, but this minion sitting there. Oh, for with the minion, it, with yeah. like With like a, a mentally delicate woman who has had a brain injury going yeah you should be the you should be the one that is leaned upon by this other vulnerable person who perhaps has unaddressed mental issues that that need their, their own minion to be you know <laughs> no. what i mean like why would you why would you say to shona yeah it seems like a perfectly good idea for you to go off to be a mental crutch for somebody <laughs> who may i mean the way sarah was talking about it he sounded like he was suicidal and at one point this week gail did think that that's what he was up to and he locked himself in his well, room he he had been hadn't he? he he said that it was before um he was he was going to before well aiden. when when aiden um yeah he he said that that was something that he had considered um so very inappropriate situation for you to rehabilitate yourself i think but look this minion's uh, useless so it doesn't really matter does it and you shouldn't get paid by results obviously <laughs> on friday david, how quickly can you get through them she's like come on guys i'm only in this for a few more episodes there's someone else that's got a soap opera amnesia just banging on my door that needs that bed shona on friday david hears on the phone that shona is going to come to visit the house but he is not allowed to be there so he stays for the the afternoon in the cafe morosely ordering coffee after coffee from a slightly bewildered roy the car pulls up and shona gets out and she's like oh god what's this dump yeah because i missed that i was writing notes and you said that she gave a a bit of a look and then they showed it on cory good good news I don't know what she was looking at, but I want to think that it was the stone cladding on the Fizz and Tyrone's house because that's the sort of thing that would give anybody that look that Shona had. She was looking at the house. 
Uh, the it doesn't really help that when she pulls up in the car, Jeff, um, Tim, and Alia and and Ryan are having a slanging match about oh. about them not him being locked out of the house. So. Um, to be honest, though, if she's flashback to when she used to live on old Scally Estate, she should have been like, ah, just like home. They've got a front garden. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was. I, I thought it was funny, but it's not entirely logical. So anyway, she goes into number eight, and she's got whatever happened to Nick because yes, Harry comes over, gives her the drawing of a train, and she's like, "This is the worst drawing of a train I've ever seen." I love that. Um, so try again and then everyone's like that was a bit I, that's mean that's what I you, you've, uh, I, I teach children maybe not as young as Harry sometimes you just gotta tell children that their artwork isn't great otherwise how will they learn yeah but I remember got... drawing stuff even not that long ago and going <laughs> this is, this is the parent. best thing I've ever done and then like a few months later you're like what I don't... it's constructive I criticism on that's what it is I can't just give an A grade to, to everything that gets squirted out at the end of a pencil, you know? I mean, in fairness, Harry's future doesn't seem to be in drawing trains. No. It's not exactly something Roy would be putting up in the in the cafe, is it? No, but you know, that, that could be sowing the seeds for a nice Harry-Roy bonding sesh. Look, I heard that if anyone likes trains, it's Grace. Oh, yeah. She's into no, my, not Grace. No, Grace, Tiana. Tiana. Yeah, she bloody loves trams. So I can can you mention how? But if you want be? an expert on Look, red cars, Ollie's your man. Ollie, he loves red Ollie's car. Ollie's not long for the world. I think it would be. Imagine how cute it would be. I wish I could draw. Imagine how cool it would be to be able to draw and just draw a picture of Tiana, Roy, and Harry sitting at the tram stop waiting for a tram to come. There you oh, go. Joe Hall, Paul has a commission that one. <laughs> I, I, if, tell you, if I could draw... Commission implies I'm going to pay. I I'm not going to pay. <laughs> I'll do it myself. You podcast. <laughs> if I could draw, that would be it. I'd be drawing curry fan art left, right and centre. It's probably better for This podcast takes up enough of my time. But... Look, we're not talking about this anymore. Sorry. So, Shona's... Look, Shona's just as good... Harry's just as good at drawing as I am. And... Everybody's sort of like Shona, you, you know, you're being a bit of a bitch here. And Shona's like, oh, no, I, ugh, this is terrible. This isn't working. Um, she gets up to make a cup of tea and magically knows where the tea bags are, which makes her think, maybe I am remembering. Meanwhile, David can't stand wait, waiting anymore. He sort of gets all het up. Um, Roy's trying to tell him something. He's like, what do you want, Roy? Are you going to give me some wisdom about trains or something? And Roy's like, you, you your coat's there, you're leaving your coat, and David sits back in defeat, realising that he's not going to get... He's not. He's, he's high on he's caffeine. Just, he's just working himself up. It's not the right thing to go bursting in and interrupting. He needs to let things take their course. Sadly, is, Shona though, if he had agree. left this cafe at that time, he might have got there might just have. in time to have, have um, apprehended her. Shona doesn't agree. She runs out the back. Well, she goes, oh, can I have some air? Goes into the garden and then goes out of the gate. Um, and the minion doesn't really, really... It was Gail that said it. No, the minion's like, oh, do you have a, go- do you have a gate out the back garden? And Gail's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> this is the third time this week I've been supervising a visit and they run off. I'm just wondering, was that minion like in charge of Carla at any point who also Probably. did a runner out the back? Probably. <laughs> probably she's like this is weatherfield i'm i'm just not kind of come here anymore it's a bad place for me um so everybody starts looking for her basically sarah runs into the cafe and tells david and that's the last 
scene of Friday yeah that did turn, that was a bit of a uh, an awkward cliffhanger at the end it, it was a fun it was a it was a good cliffhanger cliffhanger for the end of the oh, week I know but it seemed the, the theme music suddenly didn't suddenly feel to come out of nowhere i no. i know people don't all agree but i'm really still loving these cliffhangers as silly and as easily resolved as they are I still enjoy. I am. So, an so, on sometimes they're better than others. I mean, like this, for example. I didn't. I'm not like gagging to know where Shona is because it's just like down the road. Isn't she'll she? be she's fine. In the yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not like disheartened when the resolution turns out to be exactly what you would have guessed. But I just kind of like the momentum that it gives the stories. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't know that that Leeds is the best place to um, for rehab. I think perhaps it was um, just the nearest place that had an empty bed because they seem to be useless there. Yeah, she's she's better off just coming home and learning the ropes firsthand. Um, yeah, as for where Shona also, is... Also, I don't know whether this really happens. What? Like, you get shot and you forget things. This, this is partly my problem with this. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's been shot. Yeah, I don't know anyone who's been shot. In but fact, I'm starting to think, Michael, that there's not no one ever gets shot and it's all just fictional. I've seen a lot of people get shot on TV and some of them have been in Coronation Street too and I don't remember that causing amnesia in any of them. <laughs> I don't know, does it? it I don't really... Know. And I'm... Maybe this does happen to people. It seems to me a little bit too soapy, a little bit... Oh, I don't no, mind it. Am, amnesia is 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 verging amnesia on the American is, soap it's territory. It's like the best plot device because it does. It's like it's stupid, and it you can just use it for anything, can't you? But you get these people that have been in comas for you know, ten years or so, or whatever. But that's, she well, she was in a coma for she a was bit. In a coma for a, it just doesn't sit right with me. I don't know, but Do maybe that's up because at the time? I don't remember. I don't we know. Did. I don't know. She did just get shot in a box, didn't she? I mean, when you get shot in a box, there are so many things that you can emerge, so many problems that can, can materialise as a result of it. Yeah, I mean, the, the mind is a mysterious thing. It is. Who are it? we to say that I this would not happen? A, a brain it, scientist. It just is coming across to me as a, a somewhat of a contrived plot device to, to create drama and, and friction between David and Shona. And to be fair, on Coronation Street, this isn't the sort of thing that they do all they the do time. They do very much. I'm, I'm so I'm willing it. to for- I just think forgive it. It's just a bit silly. Like, I've conveniently forgotten everything that happened that, since I was on the show. Yeah. And, and you just know that, you know, given a few months or weeks or however long, she's going to remember everything. I think it would be quite cool if she never did. And she just sort of went, well... It could be interesting to see, could she, could she learn to love David again? Yeah, that's, because that, if is that, if they're, is that true love? Mm. If their, you know, spirits are bonded and yeah. if they are um, wandering souls that have, that have finally met, then yeah. who are we to stop the will of the universe? Uh, and maybe they will well, this yeah, find would be happiness a, in this each other's arms again. This would be a in the column of all the people that think that Shona and David are a really suited couple. Me. Which, not me. Me. Um... <laughs> I, I'd like to think so, and I think they probably. But I don't. I don't foresee at all David and Shona, you know, not coming out of this. But would it, it'd be kind of interesting if Shona just came back to the street, 
And then she had to rekindle her relationship with David. Like she said, look, I'm going to where to go. I'm going to move to the street because you guys seem like you want to help me and I need help. It's all going down here. I'm going to live, I'm going to live in whoever's spare bedroom will have me because everyone's got a spare bedroom. Um, and then she kind of like tries to avoid David, but she sort of found, finds herself drawn towards him and then they kind of fall in love again. I think that would be really sweet. And then yeah. when they kiss for the first time, her memory returns. Oh, yes. It's just a <laughs> kiss, it, isn't it, from if, Prince Charming? If you're going to be cliche, let's just do it properly. <laughs> <laughs> I recognise those prickly lips anywhere. I think are you talking it, about? <laughs> um, I think that it'd be nice if she got some scenes with Billy soon because they had quite a nice friendship, didn't they? He was the one that rescued her before um, from the clutches of Nathan. And um, I know, it and might, and, and he, it'd be nice if he could help her. It'd be quite see. cool if they sort of. The one thing that um, I find a bit, bit funny and meta is when Coronation Street characters have to have things explained to them, and you realise how preposterous everything sounds. And this storyline is just ripe for that happening over and over again. Like Billy popping up, going, "Oh hi, Shona, we're best friends." I fell off a cliff and survived and then I turned to smack and um, my boyfriend ran away and he's living in the woods. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, may- maybe it turns out that Shona is just a sucker for gossip and when she hears all the sorts of things that go on on that little street, she's yeah. like, I'm staying here. This sounds brilliant. Yeah. I, I think that, you I mean, you say that she might have run away and she'll just be found in the gindle. I'm wondering possibly whether she could find her way back to the estate Possibly. I don't know. Like Carla oh, because there's some. There's some. She might. Is are any of the old gang about? Who was the old? Did Shona have an old gang? It was Macca. Just... Oh yeah, Macca. So what happened to Macca? He was. Um... It doesn't really matter if they want him to be in it. They'll find a way of getting him in it, won't they? Yeah. See, so the thing is, she she can't be with can't be with Clayton. I I was wondering. I I saw it happening different from this. I I thought that when David done his did his runner on Monday that Shona would be driven to her old estate because that's where she wanted to go. She wanted to go home, but no, not Coronation Street. And I thought that David would end up um, yeah, running, r- running, through, running past her estate and the then car. stopping and going, I know you, you're my wife. And then, and then the teenagers go, get up, oh. catch up to him and then Shona has to watch David getting beaten up. Or I, I thought well, he runs go, past and she goes, who's that magnificent specimen? <laughs> Is he on the way to the Olympics? I thought it might be there, but it seems like David's, um, yeah, his, his running time has, has come to an end. So I don't know. Do you I don't remember? Know, but I'm sure she'll be fine. Do you remember Austin Powers? Yes. When he, there's the montage of him watching the catch-up DVDs about all the things that happened between when he got frozen and when I he got do, defrosted. Of course, I remember. I can just thing. imagine Shona on the sofa with Coronation, like ITV catch-up, watching old episodes of Coronation oh, yeah, Street. Yeah, the ITV just, like, hub. Shaking her head in disbelief and like slapping her forehead. can't watch the DVDs because I haven't been in Coronation Street DVD release for quite a long time, although I do wonder whether there's going to be a best of the 2010s released anytime soon to... To Coincide, go along yeah, with the rest exactly. of them. It's about right? time, isn't it? It's about time. Um, um, Clayton, anything more to say about him? Do, do you think that's all we get to I see of him? I hate Clayton. Isn't he a dick? I, d- 
I, I kind of hate him. I, I more I hate. He's a psychopath. I more hate the idea that he keeps popping up in the show. We've said well, for we years said now he, that he's he a millstone is, round yeah. Shona's neck. Yeah, but I will give them this: they have used their character and, know, and, and given them a lot of more, lot more plots that they've gotten out of them than I ever thought that they would do. And they've been really imaginative with it because it felt like a very dead end story that only had one wet place to go. Mm. And I thought it was, even though I think it's inevitable. Um, Clayton will something will happen. He'll die or something, and he will never again appear in the show. I think that they're still being really, really imaginative, and they haven't run out of things to do and reasons to bring him back. So I, I think d- you know, and it's great the actor's still available and happy to come and do it. So I think that even though I dislike the character, I still. In, I'm in, engaged and in, enjoying I, watching. I, I was it, just you know watching what I mean? it. You know, what? Why? Are you taking her to see her son who took her hostage, nearly stabbed her? I know, I don't think that they're really doing very much no, to and, protect uh, and, her. No, and they're saying, oh, anything to help bring those memories back, but... Really? You could just show her a picture or something? It was It was not It was not the right thing I to do. I, don't, they, I really think uh, that... Negligent. don't know much about this, but I really would hope that this is not how you do it. You don't take a, a vulnerable woman with mental problems to see her murderous son or her suicidal husband. Hmm. No. 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 Who who would you take Shona to go and see? Well, David the dog. And they seem to be getting on They fat. did. Oh, Great. that was nice. David on her lap. No, I thought with Clayton, I thought I was... Tell you what. What? David on her lap was really sweet, but it would have been cuter if he had actually seemed to enjoy or sort of greet Shona in a sweet way. Yeah, I know. But just sitting there. That dog it? looked like such a diva. He was like, look... She hasn't been in the show for ages, and all I'm saying is, I should be paid more. <laughs> <laughs> I, Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. like, stroke me. I thought it was strange that Clayton suddenly turned and started going into shouty mode. I, I thought well, that he, I thought that he might be trying to string Shona along for a bit longer because I, I quite liked it when he was going, oh He's yeah, David, yeah, when he tried to manipulate her, but he showed he his true colours very quickly. Yeah. And he's like, very oh, you're a rubbish mum. He's very stupid. I mean, I suppose, I don't know what he wants to get out of his mum. I think he's just bored in prison. Yeah, I he guess so. He does have no respect for Shona or David. I think he just likes messing with people. Yeah, and you know it what? doesn't seem like he wants to rekindle any kind of relationship I with can her. respect that. <laughs> um, anything? Oh, um, I saw a bit of criticism online about the overuse of David goads people and runs away scenes. Uh, your thoughts? Did you... This is... How many times have we seen him do it? Right, we've seen him get, get almost get stabbed the first time. Yeah. And I do think that was the best one. I think that was where he appeared to be in the most danger and there was a nice cliffhanger there. I think that was a bit too close for comfort for him. So he's picking on people slightly. Then then he just bumped into someone outside the tram station True, and we had no yeah. idea what happened with that one. Then we had the one where he was jumping on the car bonnet a, a week or two yeah. ago and then we had the bike pusher so and also there was the there was time. the ripped t-shirt which would we found indicate a, yeah a, another so he, he has done it more often i think that if i was in charge of manchester tourist board i would have a word with coronation street because i was i would try to argue on behalf of my city that you don't really want to make it seem as though you can just go running around and immediately attract a bunch of people that want to murder you. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, true. I don't know how true that is. <laughs> we love Manchester. He, he We've, should, I've uh, never, I've, no one's ever tried to murder me when I went, but I've only been a few times. Uh, he should have gone to Oak Hill if he wanted a nice, safe place to uh, 
to do some running. Well, if he wants, if he wants somewhere rough, it's always the dog and gun. Yes, he should have gone to the dog and gun. I, it would I have been really, cool it if it had been, been in the background. A cameo even just with a dog throwback. and gun. That would have been a brilliant cameo. Why not? Just, I mean, it's not that far away, is it? Wouldn't sure from where they filmed. But never mind. Now, I I wasn't getting too fed up with the David Chase scenes, but I can understand that people were because there wasn't a whole difference between feels... any of these. And if I was complaining last week or the week before, I can't remember on the podcast that the jumping on the bonnet scene seemed to be unnecessary and I was hoping for there to be a fight and there wasn't and it seems very fan- this whole thing seems very fantastical for Coronation Street when they're trying to ground things in realism you know you've got this really affecting storyline you had the racism stuff you've got the um, the mitochondrial disease stuff and then you've got this kind of parallel universe where people genuinely go around and try to get beaten up for the thrill I don't know that this happens I think, I think it Maybe and people does. forget stuff because they get if it shot does. in a um, box. That's that's the the biggest stretch of imagination for me. I I, I, I could. Do you really think that somebody would go out at least five times? Yeah. There are other ways. Look, I tell you what, Michael. David is a very complex and damaged character, and yeah, I but... think I think it was very much in character for him. I can understand that people didn't enjoy it and think it was a bit bit uh getting a bit samey maybe, but um. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it's not a prime David story, but I totally saw it. I thought it was very, very much in character that he would do that. I know, but, I his chari- but David is a larger-than-life character. Yeah. And this is a larger-than-life... I just think this sounds fantastical. I think if really, honestly, uh, and I don't want to encourage anybody to do this, but if you're David and you live where you, you know, and... I think you just do drugs. That's what I'm trying to say. Like most people, you'd either you do drugs or you just become an alcoholic. But the trouble with Coronation Street is that we've already seen all these storylines recently, so they couldn't Can have I that. Special so, for like, David. what do people do for fun? And there must have been somebody in the writers' room who went, "I know what I like to do at the weekend. I go and bother teenagers. They chase me around." And everyone went, "Huh." Mm. That's weird. I, I, honestly, I didn't mind the Write idea of it. I just thought the execution was a bit poor because, uh, apart from maybe that first time, I didn't really feel any sense of danger. Who and although didn't with this, thought it would be so difficult to get beaten up in Manchester. <laughs> um, with this one, I, I liked how they went to a warehouse, like a good yeah, location that was shoot. Good, good location. Yeah, yeah I like but, that. But even then, I didn't feel like the guys chasing them were particularly threatening. No, it felt a bit like they were just gonna kind of. Eek him out and it then can't be that difficult to have a tense um, chase sequence. Just sneaky, real, sneaky, real. dark, what's around the next corner. He just kind of climbs up there for the rack, does a bit of a, a sneak. I was almost... Peak, peak yeah, sneak. I almost expected the old violin sort of... Yeah. As he looks That's what like. I mean when I and say that, it's fantastical. And and, and they, there should have been some you know extreme close ups of his eyes, a bit of sweating or something, no, a bit I of, think you, bit I of think heart no. beating. But no, much. he just he just goes up there and then he climbs back down and then they catch him. And then they sort he, of flail at him yeah, for a few was, minutes. It was sadly do you know poorly who done. It reminded me of do you remember when you do you ever do this when you were a kid and you were like sometimes you'd end up with your coats too big and then you get your sleeves and you tuck them into the end of your fists. And you just kind of like swing your arms around. Mm. That's what it looked like they were doing, like swinging their arms around at each other. Yeah, and, and sorry to bring this back to that 1975 episode of Coronation Street again, but tell you what, Ray Langton and Len Fairclough showed us how to beat people up in last they night's get, episode, If you they? want to give scallywags a good hiding, just ask Len and Ray. They know, yeah. Yeah. Around the, around the back of the Rovers. Um, yeah, uh, before we move on, I just wanted to give a quick call out to the line of um, 
was it Craig asked David, oh, you that I see one male that they caught? And David's like, if I see one means incredibly charming. <laughs> thought that was funny, silly. Yeah. Um, I wish that David, I mean, Craig just seems to be a bit of a, a, an annoying, you know, bothersome fly in this story. It's almost like... I quite like the fact that they've, they've remembered he's a policeman, that's even though we're not really there, sure what his role is. Right. Serious. Come on, we've got to pick the pace up Serious. here a bit. We did a, we did a half-hour intro to this. We've got to... Oh, yeah. Serious case of the olive bubbles. Well, uh, it feels like not a whole lot happened in this story this week. It's very, very slow, but some fantastic performances by Jane Danson Jane and Danson. Co. Amazing. Yes, remember her? She can act, everybody. She was so good this week. Jolly, jolly good. So right. good. And I think um, this feels like an award story, but I think it's came, come too early in the year. Yes. For, for, you there know, will be time. Is, well, we'll see. We'll see how long anyway, Ollie's got left. On Monday, they haven't had any news on Ollie, but he's not had any further seizures, so everything's looking okay. They're going to be reducing his sedation later, which means that he'll be able to wake up. Leanne's in denial this whole week. Oh, yeah, totally. She totally well, maybe she's more worrying at the moment. She gets in denial, doesn't she? We have, we have a scene with Toya there's and a, Simon. I think there's, there's a stage at which during this week she, her mind breaks and she cannot take any more bad news. So everything that she hears from then on gets filtered into something completely mm. wrong, but she won't hear anything different. Yeah. Toya goes and sees Simon. He's, he's kind of juggling, worrying about Ollie with his exam revision and they agree to go to the cafe together. I, I didn't feel like we got a whole lot out of the... Uh, you know the back on the streets scenes in this story it was no. the, the action was what was going on in the hospital really wasn't it so the big drama on monday is where's oliver's toy car you know oliver's toy car that's red favorite, car yeah. his favorite car he's never seen without this car or has it, this car ever been gimmick. mentioned before i don't know but anyway steve wants to know where this car is and, and nick who's already feeling a bit like a spare part of the hospital agrees to go back home and retrieve it i love this scene with liz and toya oh go on well, no, um, Liz is going, oh, it's Ollie's birthday, I'm getting him a cake. And, oh, yeah. And so I was like, Liz, he's in a coma, he's not eating cake. <laughs> yeah. That, and Liz, she, Liz is kind of, like, annoyed, but really she needed this dose of reality, didn't she? Liz is just um, wants to be able to help, and they, they don't need her at the moment, and Toya's kind of bluntness to Liz's she suggestion. Wasn't, she wasn't cold, but she was just very matter-of-fact. Mm. and gentle in saying like he's an induced coma he's got a stomach pump he's not going to be eating cake and also an Eccles cake Liz what kid wants to wake up for an Eccles cake well I think it's clear chocolate cake come on to me that Toya wanted that cake <laughs> yeah Liz you can't have it you, you better let me take it <laughs> <laughs> do you like a nice Eccles cake um I do actually uh. Not when we me. went to Eccles, I had an Eccles cake and it was really nice. I think I had it with cheese. Oh, Eccles, RIP. You don't like raisins though because you're a human. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, Nick's looking for the car. Simon finds it in Ollie's football bag, apparently. I think that's where it was. I don't football know. Football and car, see? Yeah. Um, Lads love them. Liz is talking to Gail later and say, I feel useless. I, I bought su- a cake. I'm surprised Gail didn't like say, I've been feeling like that. For the past you, ten you, years, you're useless. Guess what? <laughs> anyway, there they have a good old chat about how pants like. Gail does. gets the cake. Oh yeah, Gail did get the cake out of it. In the like, end, God didn't she? <laughs> um, so Nick brings the car to the hospital, but Ollie's still not waking up, and then he wakes up. <laughs> Bang on! Cue. That always happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, he seems he's. It's weird though because he seems pretty zoned out, and and throughout the beginning of this, I was thinking is. Is the, is, the, is the kid just 
you know, not responding to the director the here. Yeah, because he's just lying there looking, looking dozy. And makes the thing me is, you get that with showing him Peppa Pig on an iPad, sort of held up somewhere to yeah. the side. <laughs> totally, but I mean, you, you do get that with really young kid actors on Coronation Street They're sometimes, don't you? They're always looking be. where they shouldn't be. Exactly. Like, I mean, Harry when he gave. Um, <laughs> Jude, oh, sorry, Shona, that cut, that train drawing earlier. It was like looking all over the place. So he does his little like thing with job, which is taking it to Shona and then running away again. Aww. So at the first, I thought, okay, what's what's going on here? But that, we're supposed to see that because Ollie is, um, I think, zoned out is the medical term for it. He's not really responding, and and he doesn't even doesn't even turn and look at the car. He probably does want that Eccles Kate, to be fair. If they, if they'd have been wafting that, he'd have turned right around. But he doesn't care. Um, Leanne's getting Kids are quite... like this though, aren't they? It's the same as with, so with a cat. You buy them a present and you give it to them. They're like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I don't even know how you can hold your head up. I know. I know. Um, he do, he, Leanne does get a nice hand squeeze out of it. Though. I know. This yeah. is the thing. This is the cruel Aww. thing about this story is that it feels like every episode, Leanne gets a small crumb of hope. And it's it, and it is false hope, really, because we know that mm. this is going to be a tragic story. It's like one of these, you know, people that are trapped inside their own head sort of storylines, isn't it? Except oh, no, it's that's a, scary. Except it's a you know, three-year-old, so it's even more tragic. Um, and, and Wednesday, it carries on. Uh, Dr Ward comes in and says, yeah, so it looks like his visual processing has been affected by these seizures. And what, what were they saying? That he can't, he can't focus on things that he sees or something? I thought it was something they, like... Well, the thing is, if, if you... You can ba- damage parts of your brain where yes, you can see something. Occipit- occipital lobe. Occipital. You can see things, but you can't. You don't know that what you're looking at is the thing that you that you know. You, you can see an object, and your brain, because the the way your brain processes different things and concepts in in different parts of of your brain. So you can know that something is a can, but you wouldn't know. You could pick it up, but you wouldn't know what it was. Mm. You see what I mean? So he's not. He's not processing things, so he can hit. He can. I think the doctor says he can hear you, so he knows that you're there, but he won't be able to recognise your face. Yeah, yeah. But this is the thing that this is why I really I'm fascinated by psychology because we did a lot of this when I was at college, and um, like brain injuries and the way that you can the way that your brain and your thoughts and your feelings and everything that makes you is actually connected to this biological organ which can be damaged and change who you are fundamentally and how you process and observe the world is terrifying and and fascinating to me Mm. don't you think oh yeah yeah definitely but I mean, let's not pull any punches here. Ollie didn't have a whole lot going for him before, oh, no. before this all started. I can't say that. Look, Colson did a nice shout out for us, and who knows? We could have new listeners who've already turned off. Oh, so it doesn't really matter at this point, does it? All I'm saying, actually, I wasn't saying this, but I'm going to backpedal a little bit and Go say on. it now. They had been worried beforehand that he wasn't exactly. What are you going to say? He wasn't. Um, he wasn't firing all cylinders. He wasn't. He hadn't met no. all his oh my early learning goals. Yes. Yeah, so. He wasn't able to do the same things that other children can do at his age. So the doctor Ward so says that up. he's not going to be able to get back to where he was before, and where he was before wasn't exactly. Oh my god. 
No, what? I don't know what you think you're saying. What do you... I, that, that's, I'm just saying it's tragic. He was already behind tragic. and now he's not even going to catch up to where he well, was, which is behind. I don't think that they were really understanding what the Doctor was trying to say, because to me it sounded incredibly bleak. Did you kind of take it to mean he will never get back to even where he was before? Yeah. Or he's going to be just... Behind. Always, always behind. I don't. I when she said that, the way I interpreted it was that this is it now. Yeah, he's going to be stuck. But I'm right always very pessimistic. If somebody says anything to me, I immediately think of the worst case scenario, and that's exactly what I think is going to happen. Mm. Yeah, unlikely Anne, who just looks for, as you say, any any glimmer of hope in this awful situation, and even she though Doctor Ward yeah. is clearly painting a pretty tragic Um, picture here Leanne kind of what she hears is that it it might take a while for him to get back to normal and she's like that's all I need to know and leaves because she she just can't bet I think she knows deep down that she's going to hear hear something that she doesn't want to hear so she drives out the office and Steve's like look is there any chance that um is it really is there a chance he's not going to get back to normal and Ward's like yeah there's a high probability actually that's horrible yeah isn't that so horrible? Steve goes back to Ollie's room and Leanne's there total denial about it well this it. is the worst part because she's like no it's fine it's fine and Steve is trying to tell her what the truth is and just as this just as this horrible scene is unfolding Oliver wakes up and says mummy mm. And so her heart breaks and she thinks that, well, no, she's, she's, she's wrong. Like, he's fine. Look at he's, him. He knows look, who he's I fine. Am he's now. back to normal. He knows who I am. And, and Steve can't say anything now because she won't believe it, I don't think. At this point, she will not believe anything. Mm. Well, the whole. She's protecting herself. The whole gang of them seem to end the episode on Wednesday feeling a lot more positive about the situation, which is kind of tragic as well because you know that. Well, I mean, only a, a short we have decided. Of, on the show that we think Ollie's going to die, don't, haven't we? I yes. think that's what we thought that's going how this story's going to end. So they haven't revealed anything about this story. No, and I keep forgetting they haven't actually no. given him a diagnosis of anything they haven't yet even because known. they they say we that on know. Friday, don't yeah. they? We we know that there are t- very many ways that mitochondrial dis- um, disease can manifest itself, and it sort of ranges in seriousness. But in general, the younger you get or observed to have the symptoms the worse it is because it sort of compounds and it it's chronic and it gets worse there's no treatment for it there's no cure there's no treatment yeah yeah um so so on today's episode nick's there trying to kablamming cars together we're getting on ollie's not responding again um but leanne's like Never mind that. Let's just see if we can take him home. Look, he seems fine. He doesn't need to be at the hospital here. He he normally hates cars. And and I was was quite surprised when Dr. Ward was like, yeah, take him home. He's he's, going to be fine. He's responded well to the anti-seizure medicine. We have nothing more we can do here. Well, really, that's sad because there isn't anything they can do. No, I know. There's uh, literally all that... I mean, if he's coping and they've still got weeks to wait until the actual diagnosis can come through. Because, as I say, this is what I keep forgetting. They haven't said, this is what it is, have they? They're, no, they're they like, said it's mitochondrial disease, but it's like saying oh, you, you've got cancer. Yeah, what, or, what sort is it? How bad got, is it? It seems like you're ill, mm. basically. It's that broad. A few weeks seems like a long time to get a diagnosis for that, though. I... Well, it seems... I just think it, it's, it, it seems as though... It's one of these things that has only just recently been begun, people beginning to understand it. And who knows in the future, it might branch out and become lots of different diseases. The way we we understand cancer 
is actually rudimentary as well and it's and it's just the word makes it seem as though it behaves in a, in a similar way in every example mm. but actually no i mean some, some cancers are caused by very yeah. very different things i just wonder what what is happening and if this is a little kid can't they fast track him and no. i know there's probably lots of children going through horrible things you don't it, know what the it, process it, is it just involved. reminds me of like you know when you go for a blood test at the hospital and you have to wait you know a week or two then to find out when really they could probably put a bit of litmus paper in it and it's like, there you go. That's like saying this how come the got. pharmacy takes so long. <laughs> I was going to say that as well. You had your prescription then. you got to sit you and wait for 10 minutes. Not doing just that, doing nothing, going, yeah. oh, just got to get this answer in a crossword. There you go. Here's your, here's your cowpole. I'll just put it in a bag. Yeah. Um, anyway, so a couple of weeks, which for us is going to translate to, month. you know, a month or so. And we might not find out exactly what Ollie's got until the end of June, which is going to be coming up to very close to how far they've filmed. Anyway, um, that's basically it, isn't it? Leanne's like, yeah, fine, he's, he's going to be better. Oh, she, the... she scared me a little bit. When, when the doctor was like, yeah, you can take him home, and she picks him up, and he's still got the tube in his nose, and it kind of looked a bit like she was almost just going to wrench him away from the bed and just let all the tubes fall out of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? She just seems to be in such denial about what's going on. It reminds me of when they, um, when they mummify Egyptians and they pull everything out through the nose. <laughs> what was going to come out on the end of that tube? It's probably what the test is. Just <laughs> keep pulling it out. Anyway, Leanne has um, quit her job Oh my god, I know. She's just gone. So that she can look at her, look after like, Ollie at home. And she was just, she basically, she, they get home, she's got the, they've got all the, um, the medicines from the pharmacy, and she's there and she's, she's picking up boxes and putting them down, and she's saying to, um, Imran and Adam, no, she, she's not, she's talking to Nick and, yeah, and, Imran and Adam Steve, right, anyway. and saying, well, you know, this is what, what's going to be now, is this is my full time job. I'm going to focus on Ollie. You guys have got to um, give me the, give me money to, to survive so that I can, you know. And she, she genuinely seems to believe that as long as she has a job to do and she's got something to focus on and she's got medicine, that everything is going to turn out all right. And it's just so sad because it, I don't think that's what's going to happen. No. And it, But it really is a case of, like, she's, she can't control anything in her life at the moment except to say that she can dole out this medicine and that and and look after ollie and and keep him safe and cook and clean and fall back on those kind of comforting rituals of like housework and hard work and and serve service to people and and loving people through those acts of service which is a very feminine female thing very maternal thing to do isn't it acts of service who's going to make him run and adam their cups of tea so I want to know. Well, they they wanna... can't do it themselves. <laughs> do you know what? I think you're right. <laughs> I was going to say something else then, but no, I think you're probably right. They're going to be down Costa, aren't they? No, they'll be like, Paula, do you remember that time when you came and, and worked in our office for a yeah, bit? Yeah, we don't. Would you like like, to... Do we know any women? <laughs> Sexist. Oh, dear. Anyway, um, I think we mostly t- we did a lot of talking about this last week. And there's, like, there's nothing although there's really... Been, although there's been lots has... happening... Not much has happened, and it's mostly just been Leanne's um, reaction to the news and, and her total denial, which is, yeah, tragic, but probably very true to life and understandable. And it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm fascinated to find out you know, how it goes on, and I'm sure that she's going to absolutely nail oh every God. performance. It's heartbreaking to think of this, really. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, but, 
Yeah, what, really what can you add, say? Not, no, um, I do, and I think it feels like it's going to go quiet for a bit now. Just the fact that we've got, you know, a couple of weeks and the seizures are, are slowing down. I think this might be on the back burner again for a bit. I, I don't know. It's just so desperately sad to know that this happens to people. I just I can't bear it. It's horrible. Yeah, horrible stuff. Um, oh, I just wanted to talk, just before we move on, point out the uh, thing that was in the... So if you see it online somewhere that where um, they'd filmed a hospital scene this week and uh, they got a bit of the stage two sign in the it background. It was hardly noticeable. <laughs> I know. And but who's just to like say... Just to point out these little mistakes. Who's to say it wasn't... I mean, it's a shame... I that, didn't notice that. It's a shame they, they didn't have... They didn't call them theatres because you could say it's just an operating <laughs> theatre. Yeah, very true. I just... I can't watch those scenes outside the hospital now because they had the same when Jeff came out today as yeah. well, didn't they? It's like... Nope, that is the Corrie front officers. I know that. I've stood there a couple Doesn't of times. That is not where the field general. Other arrangements they make because it must take majors to do all that filming, and like, what they got delivery? What they got people coming round and stuff? What What does that lovely lady that works behind the desk do? I don't know. Do they have to sort of usher her out? Well, they never even they never show through the doors. No, do I know they don't. Well, but, she's um... not going to be standing there on reception when nobody can come through the door, is she? <laughs> I just, I just wish sometimes that they yeah, get, get out from their little enclosure I think at Media City. I think they're very clever to the way that they've set this up. This is the hospital. Oh, they are, they are. And, and to the this vast majority, very of, the very vast, vast majority of viewers aren't going to notice anything. They aren't gonna they're know, not going to notice. But that the people that's... who do know, I think it's fun to to know, you know, to sort of. <laughs> it's it's feel general. It sometimes is uh, the High school. Prison. Sometimes the prison. Um, fresh goes car park. Yeah, fresh goes car. Park. Um, right. Very compact place, isn't it, Weatherfield? Bailey's, Gemma. Right, so... Oh, on Monday, this was quite good. Ray comes around and he says, I was wrong to let Dom get away with what he was saying. Yeah, we, we were wondering whose, um, whose side he would uh, go well, on. Well, I think this is pretty, um, pretty standard for Ray, isn't, isn't it? He doesn't... He's not the kind of villain who causes trouble for himself when he doesn't need it he's perfectly happy to antagonize people who've crossed him but the Baileys haven't done anything to him so Mm. um he does he needs to maintain a certain reputation amongst the community and the only way to save face and um sort of carry on uh in you know in the community is to have fired dom there's no way to to get around it see i can't remember i mean I, I would have thought that Ray's already got a pretty, you know, he's on thin ground with most of the community after you know, Abby was. It, did Abby out him at one of the one of the Beaster evenings when she she brought in all That's these true, women that he gagged? Everyone seems to have forgotten about that because Ray's been off the screen for a jolly long time. And there's also the fact that obviously he's uh, he's not Kevin or Tyrone's favourite pe- people. I still don't know whether Fizz knows that Ray owns the garage now. No, good point. But, so Ray comes around and he's like, look, I might be a serial molester, but I'm no racist. I apologise on behalf of um, Don. I, yeah, I might be him. a rapist, but I'm not a racist. It's one letter, That's but one it's a big difference. Um, I sacked him. You did a great job in the bistro ad. I tell you what, everybody, as a, as a token of my apologies, please come to the bistro and have a meal on the house. What a gent. What a fantastic offer. <laughs> um, Michael is on the phone to Grace. Um, David... Oh, this great story is moving so slowly. What did you say David for? Um, James, um, 
James wants to know what's going on. Michael doesn't really want to kiss and tell. Um, but we know that that's what happened, basically. Yes. They kissed. Um, James says that the fact that Ed supports him so much is is kind of making him yeah, feel like he week. wants to come out to the fans and make a public announcement about um, being gay. So... Uh, over lunch, Aggie and Ed are sort of talking about James's future, and Ed's like, "I'm just going to shut yeah, up." He's like, James, "James knows that I'm on his side. I'm going to keep my nose out now." And that really was what we needed from him from the start, wasn't mm. it? Um, but it took him a while to get there, but he got there in the end. That's all you can really say about that. Um, Sexy locker room scene. <laughs> voices. Oh dear. Uh, the voice was, of um, somebody who enjoyed that locker room scene what was for it? all its titillating glory. Oh god. Um they what was it? They sprang glycerin on everybody. Oh yeah, there was, was they had um there was a post on the Corrie makeup Instagram. And I don't know whether everybody follows them if you're on Instagram, but as well as the Coronation Street Instagram account, there's also one done by everybody who works in the makeup department. There's also often some nice behind the scenes photos and, and tidbits and everything like that. And, and they were talking this week about how how often during James that looking scene. sleek as a wet otter. Yeah. <laughs> spraying him down with glycerin and stuff. And and Tommy O, don't forget. He's Tommy back. Tommy O, yeah. Now, Tommy O. Tommy O, yeah. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> I can't I can't continue co-hosting with you if you're going to be randy about... I'm not randy for Tommy O. <laughs> what about James? Say. No. Well, look, there's a bit... No, I can spray him with as much glycerin as I want. After a certain point, I think it just becomes a bit too much. (laughs) I just think it's so funny how whenever there's like fresh blood on Coronation Street... It's like, it's get like the kits how, off. How get the boobs out. Yeah, how long until they have to get the top? I, I, don't, I don't think this is the first time that James <laughs> has had a topless scene. It's the first, is I would it, be so embarrassed. Is it really necessary? Oh, uh, it, can we not move on from this, people? Just wait till they're all brains in jars. Then you won't have anything to look at. Yeah, but, you know, to be fair, we did see that episode of Corrie from the first half of the 1960s, which had Ken just... Flagrantly having a naked bath Literally in front in of his bath. dad and Uncle Albert. So it's Corrie's got a long equal history. opportunities, isn't it? We've seen more men half naked than women. Yes, it's not equal at all. So you, uh, I'm outraged. I, of course, you want more naked women. Yeah, I won't ask you who. I'm you not want. asking for Rosie back for no good reason. <laughs> for <Both> sake. <laughs> right, so we've got a bit. I of... could do without any nudity on Coronation Street, but I know that people like it. You've got to get that was, meerkat money coming in somehow. It was um, very much in context. They were in a locker room after They all. were in a locker room having banter Place with where people other. traditionally get their kits off. They were in a changing Literally. room. Yeah. So... <laughs> We've talked about this far too long. I apologise. You seem a bit, a bit fixated. I'm going to be polite. Um, so anyway, the, there's locker room banter, isn't there, about... Um, he says Tommy it's banter. There, James there... Um, they're making silly comments, and I, we haven't There's written them down. There's one particular guy. He just is like, oh, you, fancy you brought him, your boyfriend you with you yeah. or something like that. Um, and Tommy O's trying to defend him a bit, but James stands up for himself, and he turns it back on the guy and says, oh, Tommy's not my type and stuff. And he kind of joins in. Um, 
it's incredible wit, as you, as you can imagine. Yeah, but ev- <laughs> everybody, standard, everybody... The standard of locker room banter in this country is unsurpassed. Yeah, everybody thinks that James is hilarious for suggesting that Tommy... He said he type. was gay as well! <laughs> and and the, uh, the, 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 the homophobe player is left suitably Shamed. shame-faced. Oh dear, he, he's not at the right level. Yeah, I mean... Thought, I thought I was reading the room right, but... No. Um... There's no really other way around. I mean, it doesn't address homophobia at all, does it? It just kind of mm. diffuses the situation a little bit. And I guess the only way to really get around it is to own it. And he did that. He did own it. And he has come uh, He has come out to his fellow teammates. I, I, I think it was supposed to be a bit more of a triumphant moment that it came out to me, only because I was thinking at the time... I would have thought that this scene should have happened a long time ago. But also, it feels, again... What I can't remember. Oh, it was David Rape stuff where we literally had to watch him confess to every single person in detail about what had happened to him. And after a while, you don't need to see every person react to the same thing. Like James now has come out to, to every single person that he knows individually. And we've seen it happen every time. And there is not really that much you know was, this didn't feel nervous. like i guess the thing it's about taking it, it closer it. and closer to his job and his job yeah, is the, the big stumbling block that's or whatever, true that's barrier. true but it felt like this was this should have been had had been more impactful but it wasn't because we've seen it happen before but actually this was a this was very significant and of course every time he comes out to somebody it's going to be significant in a different way yeah so i, I, I just i was saying i think this i'm surprised this kind of banter hasn't happened before because it's been rumoured that James has been gay for many, many months now. Yeah. Has has he had to put up with this all this time and today was the final straw that he's saying, no, he's not my type, yeah, gay. I am gay. Or, or you know, has just nobody mentioned it before? It it just didn't... The, the well, times, it doesn't, it the doesn't timeline matter. doesn't quite yeah, match up for me. it doesn't matter. It's just, it's very coincidental and handy yes, that when it, it comes out was literally the episode after his father accepts him. Yeah, yeah, all right. So on Wednesday, um, Tommy and James go to the Rovers and he feels, James feels like, I did it, I came out, everybody knows. But I'm still worried because I don't, well, he's relieved that, he's relieved that he doesn't have to go through this constant worry of should I or shouldn't I, you know. Whether or not it was right, he feels like it's done now. Yeah, but he's still like, the, the big one is, it's still not public, is it? Well, it's not public and also... Just because in the moment people laughed and accepted it doesn't mean that there isn't more stuff going on behind the scenes and there isn't somebody sitting there going, is this going to be too much of a headache? Mm. Do we need this this hassle? Because we've spoken at length before about homophobia in football and about how... I mean, it sounds... you If you don't know the situation, you probably think I'm being really callous, but we've heard from first-hand accounts that behind the scenes, managers and people involved in the team behind the scenes tell pe- players not to come out. Yeah. You're, you, players, gay players are told, don't reveal you're gay when you're playing. Just don't do it. And I don't know... We how... have seen the Weatherfield County manager. We had that scene yeah, a few yeah. months ago, didn't we? And he, he said, was like, yeah. do you want to do I'll it or not? I'll accept you either way. I know, but... I, I'm wondering whether James is also a bit worried that this, you know, this guy that he showed up in the locker room, he could get, turn around and spread it publicly. He could go to the Gazette or something and say, I've got the inside scoop. I'm a player on, well, on Weatherfield County. He is gay. He's, he, he's admitted it. Well, at the same time, 
people that are like that don't like being shown up. And he wasn't laughing along with everybody else. No. He could be a bit of a, a problem down the line. Mm. But, yeah, he does... J- James has got more to worry about on James Wednesday. doesn't know if he's playing tomorrow. And it the, the subtext is that this coming out might have affected his position on the team, which is something he's always been worried about. And um, Kirk is shunned. I don't know. Oh, that was when Kirk, yeah. Oh, Kirk came up and was like, Hey, do you remember me? Boss of the bee. And he thought he was part of the team, but... Yeah, and, and James and, and Tommy are like... Go away. Yeah, basically. Um, so James tells Michael that he, that about what happened in the locker room and now he thinks that it, because of that he's not going to be on the team. And, and Ed and Aggie come in and Ed's really excited about the fact that there's a match and he thinks that James is going to be playing on at the weekend. And Michael's like, shut up, don't talk about it. Um, and so we, everybody in the Bailey family is, on, is tense and on edge and, and worried about whether Michael has... Um, been denied the opportunity to play because of his sexuality. You know, another stumbling block. They go for some reason. They still decide to go to the bistro for their free dinner. I mean, what a way to ruin a free dinner! They're all sitting around a bit worried. <laughs> James gets a phone call, but it turns out he's made the lineup. So okay. that's another bottle of champagne at Ray's pocket. Yeah, um, I I get a bit confused, and I don't think we're supposed to think into it too deeply. But I'm sure that when James came into it last year, he wasn't on. The he same was on the bit of the team, team as Tommy he? O, and has he like? He's been promoted somehow, and it seems to me as though he's the best player that ever existed. Because well, he, he he gave them he gave them their highest won, ever league. Player, he got three uh, baskets placement. in one half term. He did a really good header, according to Kirk. He he. He's got a song. What was the song? It was a Miley Cyrus, wasn't it? James Bailey, he's the man. I like him because he can play football. Play football. Not that. No? I must have dreamt that. James Bailey, you can play football. What? Um, Doody. What? It's. I just met you. That's that's um, that's a different Crazy. person. That's, that's. Oh dear, Carly Ray Jepsen. I don't know. I don't know who it is. That's a la- that's a different lady. Uh, you know, there's more than one lady that sings now. They let more people do it now. I don't know if it's, if it's not a Adele come along and then they were like, we, what about Lady Gaga? There's two of them now. Anyway, he's on the team. He's done a really good job. He kicked some balls. He and, kicked uh, the ball into the hole. Yeah, and that's it. nothing really much happens. It, it goes on to the Tiana and Grace stuff doesn't it after that well he's he's excited because he and he says he's going to go on holiday with michael when the season's over i don't know when the season is over to me it feels as though they're always playing football on the television and i (laughs) I genuinely don't when they say the end of the season i'm like what does that mean there's no such thing as the football season I literally don't know, and there's probably people like believe listen to us that don't believe us that I've literally no concept of when the football when season football? starts and ends. It no, seems like it's all the time, ends. never ends, like you said. Um, but but I, when the fo- it doesn't when really the si- matter, does it? They're just going to go off to Marbella for a bit. Well, it doesn't matter anymore because time is meaningless on Coronation Street, even more so than usual. So he's planned this, and then he's gone and booked it, and Tiana and. Well, Grace brings Tiana over and they're talking about how much she loves the trams and she agrees to go for a drink with him later. But then James comes in and kills the mood by saying that he had booked the holiday. And then Grace is like, oh, I don't know anything about this. And then Michael, Michael's awkward because he hadn't mentioned it. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry if you need childcare and everything. But she's like, no, no, go on. I'm not sure how happy she is about him going off 
on this trip. It's, no, it's none of our business. How long are they going to go? I, I, I know, know people on Coronation Street go on extortionately long holidays. One thing Sarah that she did say was, oh, how can you afford that? Yeah. And then she looked a bit annoyed. But this makes me think that Grace is still somebody to worry about because I don't know. It's not clear to me yet whether we're supposed to think, oh, good, Grace and Michael, they're a great couple. She's going to be on the show. No. Be happy, happy. But, but listen, the fact that she gave him a look and she was like, how can you afford that? Makes her seem greedy. Like she doesn't want him to spend money on himself. But I mean, as a mother, she would prioritise him spending money on Tiana before he spends money on himself. That's perfectly At least natural. it means that she sees Michael has got a future in, you know, Tiana's life. She's not just using him for a quick bit of babysitting. Yeah, but she also obviously wants the money, which, again, fair enough. But perhaps the way that she reacted, like, oh, well, how can you afford that? We're supposed to be on edge and think, yeah, you know, I just, Michael deserves to go on holiday if he wants to. I just, just don't trust got... Grace at the moment. This is I, what I'm saying. Today, oh, I'm going to no, tell my I'm agreeing with you. And then, and then at the end, when they said they were going on holiday, even though James said it was him that did it and he booked it without saying anything, she still looked up to me a bit annoyed like she thinks she's got some kind of say in what like you say she doesn't say in what michael does mm. well they're gonna have a drink together on monday's episode aren't they i i've always been feels a like bit a fallout might be incoming of a grace apologist because i've always said we know that michael's a flake and we don't know what happened between them mm. and the only reason that we think we're siding with michael is because he's the character that we know and we like him. Grace could have very legitimate reasons to... I know, but, but she doesn't have to be such a miserable cow. She was nice today. She was like, put me on edge a little bit because she was actually like, kind of light-hearted and smiley, wasn't she, at the beginning of that scene? Yes, but my point is, she... Did you not see what I just said? Yes. Did you agree with what I said? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. I'm, yeah. We'll wait and see. I just hope that they hurry up and I have I think it happen. was significant that she said... How can you afford that? And then she looked annoyed. Yes. I'm just I saying agree. That. I agree. We will, we'll see. We'll see next week, won't we, everybody? Um, what else? Anything I really to... like the fact that Tommy O was in this again. I just I find it quite adorable that every so often the celebrity footballer appears on the show. It's like that's why they've still Who got him on thought? the Corrie website. I know. He's, he's on the cast list on Coronation Street. We've seen website. him more than we've seen Moira recently. That's yeah, I'm that's true. Do you, I mean, do you think he's going to keep coming back? Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, Do you think now... he's going to be a big part of the story? Or is the story, you know, kind of over now? Is is there more to... Because it almost felt like everything sold. It, it, especially when he see... was allowed on the team on Wednesday. It felt like, oh, it's all been nicely tied up with a neat bow. And they're a bit worried about whether he's going to be able to be on the team. But it's OK, he's on the team. Everything's fine. Well, like I said, they've set up James as some kind of football genius who is amazing at, at playing and... When he first joined the show, I remember saying that I didn't know what future he could possibly have in football, knowing that you cannot have, like, the... I I think that the um, suspension of disbelief would be too much for us to believe that James is actually an England football team player and we just don't know who he is and he happens to be in Coronation Street. Mm. He can't be a famous international footballer and live in Weatherfield. No. So it's it's I'm still confused as to where this is going. I, I don't want I don't want to watch somebody's career get thrown away because they're gay, but that's what happens. And and it feels as though 
he's still possibility. Yeah. He is picking coming out. Yeah. As his yeah I'm. Um, yeah. No, I'm agreeing with you. Sorry. Oh. No, I just I just don't think I'm explaining myself. No, I think, I think yeah, I think we're on the same page for this one. Winter blues. Again, seems like it's had a I nice really neat bow put on the so top of it. so many problems with this story. Well, let's see. Because, um, yeah, Wednesday's episode had me... Um, I had quite a reaction to that that scene, didn't I? We'll, we'll get there. Um, Monday, so Gemma's, Gemma did this vlog last week, didn't she? Where She, she, she goes, it's all right to be sad sometimes. Yeah. babies is well hard. And I and, didn't realise... And now I went to one counselling session and I know I can tell you with authority that sometimes you're sad, but don't worry about it. Did you know that the big supermarkets are just after money? Did you know that when you watch an advert, it's not real? So yeah. like... So Kathy thinks... It's all fake. This this is going to be the next big thing. I mean, I don't uh, think PewDiePie, Ka- watch out. Here comes Gemma Kath- Winter. Kathy knows what vlogging is or that people do it already. Mm. She's like, what? You you made a video about your thoughts and put it on the internet? This well, could revolutionise everything, Gemma. I don't think you quite realise. They haven't put it on the internet on Monday. Gemma's, Gemma's pleased that she's you know got it out of her system by talking. But she's like, remember that time when I was stuck in a turnstile and I and everybody found out about it because everything that anyone in Weatherfield puts on the internet instantly gets the whole world looking at it's it. It's almost like they're in a version of the Truman Show mm. where people watch everything they do. I think you're onto something there. Anyway, she's got no intention of posting it. Um, she's she's at home later on in she's the episode. She's got no intention of posting it, but she's uploaded it to a website where with just one click of a button, yeah, it could yeah. be instantly made public to anybody who wants so, to see yeah, it. Yeah, because it was, it was filmed on it... Kathy's phone, so yeah. it has been transferred from Kathy's phone onto some vlog. Yeah, from from her phone to a laptop to the site, and it's just sitting there. Mm. And she's made an account and everything. I know, I know. Um, so, starting to find your... your it was um, the idea that it was just supposed to be some sort of private vlog so that she could look at it herself and... You know, like she doesn't have the facility to look at blue. a video without uploading it to the internet. Mm. Anyway, it doesn't matter because doesn't she's matter. got this vlog there and she's looking at it and she's thinking, oh, maybe I should post it, maybe not, I don't know. But when Chesney comes back home, she slams that unplugged in laptop uh, shirt <laughs> um, and he wants to see it, so she reluctantly agrees. And now, he can't believe either. Everyone who watches this thinks it's absolutely genius, don't they? Yes, especially Bryn. Bryn's a fan. So, this is the silly scene on Wednesday. And I, oh, I can't believe this. So, Chesney's looking at the video and, and whenever they design something for Coronation Street computer screens, it's always like they're short-sighted because the resolution is set so high and all the bits that you want to see are in like, massive fonts. And there's this huge button that's like private and then the next to it, public, just so we make sure we can see that. And then before you know it... To be it, fair, they're dealing with lots of people who are not as clever and beautiful as we are. It might have... Well, the button might listeners. have just said, put it on the internet. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, when David was going... When he was hiding in the, uh, in the, uh, the garage place, that should have been the sound effect when Bryn's hand came out to like... Click. Yes, Bryn has posted the video. The baby has posted Gemma's video online. He's made it public. Um, and Chesney's reaction to this, what would, what would you do? Sometimes 
I don't know about you, Gemma, but sometimes I've posted things online and accidentally when I haven't meant to, or I've posted them and I realise I made a spelling mistake yeah. or something. Or, or I just write something I've, stupid. I've, yeah, I've made a stupid joke Dominic and then Cummings. thought actually that I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have said that. I'm just going to delete that. I'm going to undo my mistake. But Chesney's reaction to it is like... This never happened. Uh, yeah, if I just sneak out of the door, then it, it, it'll just... It won't be my problem anymore. So he goes off he's with not a really gormless wrong, though, expression off to go and shave some kebabs. He's not wrong because it, it, it instantly became not his problem. <laughs> yeah, but Gemma catches up with him later in Prima Donna. She's, uh, she's looking a little bit, uh, a little bit het up because she thinks that Kathy has uploaded it. I don't know how Kathy... How does she think Kathy uploaded it to her account? No questions about the technology Nobody understands. In this world of Weatherfield... Nobody understands how the internet works apart from Bryn, the baby. Yeah. Um, so she reckons Kathy's uploaded and Chaz says, actually, it was, it was Bryn that did it. Um, um, they have this really, in, really in, um, oh, sad thing where Gemma's like going, oh, perhaps, perhaps Bryn knew best and he knew that I needed to upload it. I hate it when people do this with babies. Babies don't have any thoughts beyond I did a poo or I'm hungry. When's the next they milk don't, round? They don't have any philosophical ideas about anything. <laughs> and they don't have spirits and souls and beautiful... They're Literally, they don't even know they're alive. Bless them, they're very sweet at times. Yes, they're gorgeous and wonderful. But they, they really don't have very much brain power. And they certainly don't believe that... Gemma's thoughts about mental health are worth broadcasting to the nation because she put it so beautifully and wonderfully and unlike anybody else who'd ever come before her. Yeah, exactly. Well, so Gemma, rather than... They briefly debate, why didn't you take it down or should we take it down or something? And Literally, anything I post, I don't need to worry about um, if people see it or not. Nobody Gemma should have attacked him with her, with her carving knife, say. like, when she found out that it was him. That's what comedy Gemma would have done. She's like, do you need to get that down straight away? And Chesney's like, but look, but the whole how? world has already seen this. And you've already got loads of nice comments about, about it. About your bazookas. And, and, oh, yeah, nice bazookas. So, yeah, there's, a, there's some pervert that's looking after Gemma and going for. Um, and other people are saying, oh, I also have problems I've also got postnatal depression. That's exactly how I feel. I was also ripped off by Freshco's that one time. I don't know. Cereal. Um, so Bastards Gemma realises that this is the way forward and she's bolstered on by the positive um, response that her first video has got. So she decides to do another one. And um, her, this, thing... this second monologue that she goes on goes so long, it ends up narrating the start of the following scene. It's like the, the Coronation Street people are like, right, we need to get back to the Oliver story How now. And Gemma just this? keeps on going. And she's talking about babies. She's talking perfect. about perfect, yeah. What, I can't remember what she talked about, but I just hated it. Because Gemma is not a particularly eloquent character. But that never stops Coronation Street, really, from putting words into people's mouths when they want to make a big speech or have a soliloquy. But I just thought that nothing she said was was of groundbreaking or... or, And it felt like she was talking from a position of, th- of authority about how to overcome what she had been through. But she, ha- she, she really has only just begun her journey. And I find it very obnoxious that... that it's, we're, we're, we're led to believe that she's cured now and she's so far along her recovery that she's advising other people. 
And it's though as though also nobody knew about postnatal depression before she came along and get and got it, mm. which is wildly egotistical and offensive. If if it means that we've seen the end to this story, then I'm not complaining. But it did seem like it was tied up very very neatly. A I just of- I just hated I hated Bryn posting the video when, when he was sitting there. I was thinking. They're, they're not going to do this, are they? They're not going to have Bryn accidentally press the button and upload it. There's so many things that are wrong with the way that they did that. Like you said, why? where's the vlog come from? How on earth does anybody find this vlog? Did they have any texts to go with it? You, yeah, you can't how, just what, put a video, the on, video on the internet. And so, then... she, so she uploaded it and she titled it and put all the hashtags in and then went, I'm not going to ever put this public because I don't want people to, to see it. I mean... I've been I've been uploading conversation street stuff to YouTube <laughs> for the past six months, and I haven't had it's half as many as, as hits as Gemma seems to have got on that one video. I'm just saying, I, I do nice I little think, graphics to go with it and everything. I just think there we are did loads... make it on Corey Good News this week, so yeah, exactly. We, we got a foot viral. in the door now to um, this online video world, and now and now we're just trashing the show um, as a thank you. Oh yeah, um, I I Press just great. I just think it's I just think it's I really didn't like it. I thought it was presumptuous and 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 i also, just hated how oh, chesney's just, reaction to I know, it but oh. yeah chesney was stupid just like, also Ooh. <laughs> um it's like cory knows that blogs exist vlogs exist and they wanted to have it because they thought that people would think oh that's a thing that i know about and like but it was offensively bad people do this as a profession and they're not amateurs the people that upload vlogs and, and make a profession out of it spend a lot of money on equipment and, and you you can get quite far from speaking from the heart and being raw and and honest. But you Gemma's not the first person to have ever spoken frankly about postnatal depression on a video website. Mm. She's not breaking any new ground. No. It's a bit like Bethany with her hair tutorials, isn't it? I'm sure she's not the first person to have shown someone how to do a French plat online, That's but true. still, I know, everybody I, found it. I think it. we're being a bit harsh. I think Corrie... <laughs> Corrie... I just don't know what to say. I just think the whole story has been misjudged, and I don't know. I think it's difficult as well for me to sympathise. I find her a difficult champion for postnatal depression because I think that... She's got four children. She's not very, she's not easy to relate to. Even if you are a woman who has postnatal depression, who's going through it right now, how can you see Gemma as a, as a role model? She's got four kids. She's and we've well, we've heard from listeners who've said what Gemma's going through. I completely understand, even though I haven't got quads. And I'm sure there are no some one's pe- got quads. <laughs> I'm sure there are some people who were watching her soliloquy. Going, God, yeah, that is exactly how I feel. I just it's thought just, she put on. I tell you one thing, I'm, I don't I'm normally. I'm not the intended audience for this storyline. I know, really. yeah, that's the trouble. And I don't normally criticise performances, but I think sometimes she does a baby voice for Gemma when she's trying to explain things to people, and she just sounds thick, and she's not supposed to be somebody who she she's supposed to be unintelligent, but that baby voice that she put on just kind of got my goat. Yeah. Oh, like she's right. trying to be vulnerable and stuff, and it just got my got me wrong, wrong way. Yasmin, Gemma, mm-hmm. Yasmin, what's she been getting up to? Is today? it my go? I, I thought believe. it was your go. Mm, I'll I'll go. So 
Um, we get to another Yasmin scene. They're, they're really getting rationed out to us, aren't they, these Yasmin appearances? In the last three weeks, she's made very, very sporadic appearances. But um, today's one was Alia going to visit her in the prison. And this is the first time that she's been able to see her since the start of this whole ordeal. And they they tried to kind of explain it, didn't they? Alia's like, oh, why, why haven't I been able to speak to you? But it's basically, this story wasn't in rotation, no more questions. Well, no, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Yasmin looks like she has been through the ringer and she is she's yeah unbalanced absolutely she's uh she's she's a um a, a broken woman isn't she and when alia comes to see her and she... i just want to say something as well it's very difficult to talk about mental health and characters that are experiencing a crisis without using words which are have stigma attached to them because the language about mental health up until very recently ha- has been one of just dis- sort of discrimination and and so when we talk about these things, sometimes we might use terms that people don't like, but um, it's difficult to think of a way of saying things. And I'm trying really hard. My heart's in the right place. I know, but I, I try to sometimes retain words that Actually. are a bit negative for comedic purposes, like, oh, she's gone crackers or balmy or something. <laughs> but in this situation, it's difficult to think of the right words to use to describe what's happening to Yasmin, because also I don't really understand what's happening to her. And I don't know how this relates to... I don't know how this relates to her abuse as well. I don't know if this well, is she, a She's just reaction. struggling to come she, to she terms with the fact that what's, what's happened. happened. And she's been ask, answering all these questions, apparently. And she's saying to Ali, look, I, I don't want to talk about Jeff. All I've been talking about for the past however long I've been in here is Jeff, what happened. But it's uh, Alia saying. Well, she's been she's been interrogated, hasn't she? She yeah. would have been asked by the police many it, times. I mean, it looks like she's just come out of the Chinese water torture chamber. To be fair, doesn't she? The way that she's she's she does acting. look a bit like she, yeah. I mean, she's she's being mentally tortured by her memories of what happened. Yeah, and she's she just can't. She uh, as you know you'd expect for the drama. She's not still not come. She's still not been able to break away from the control that Jess had on her because she's saying it was my fault I did it I shouldn't have done it yeah Ali is trying to say no this is all him look at what he's done to you um and she's like no 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 it was my fault I shouldn't have done it Ali's saying what what are you going to say in court you can't say that in court and Yasmin's like it's it's down to me what I'll say whatever I like in court it's my business what I say um and she ends up just getting totally overwhelmed and and leaves Alia shouting at her yeah. And grand, grand. Yeah. Tell you what, this week in Coronation Street, these prison visits didn't go so well, did they? No, they I both, think they should close Both the ended up down. with people shouting at the others as they left. Um, so anyway, um, Jeff is out of hospital. He's down there by, uh, by Studio 2. He's playing the... Um, the the cowed victim isn't he he's, he's he seems to have come out very subdued. quickly, even more so, considering we've only had three episodes a week. It would have been a rather miraculously quick Surely, recovery no he just needs to have his put a bandage blood, on put some blood back in and stitch him up oh fine he's alright well he didn't hurt his Jeff. legs did he? he can walk yeah he figures there's no use crying over Yasmin anymore he just wants to go home get on with his life and that's that um, but however, not so when, fast. Not so fast indeed. When they get there, they find that the locks have been changed, which Ali did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and, I remembered um, that just as they got to the door. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> there's, to get there's a bit of a confrontation through the window, and it's very this lucky that that house number this. six has got a bit of a bay window coming out there because it was like Ali at the bottom, right on top of us, saying, na 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 na, you can't that come staging. in. I would kill for a house like this where I could just knit my 
head around the corner to see who the hell's at the door before I have to commit myself to answering it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I wanted it to be a little bit more, you know, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. We're peering <laughs> out the window going, get away, your mother! <laughs> yeah. Was it your mother? Your mother's like, I'm staying, your father's smelled That's where it should have been. Yeah. But I mean, Ryan was having the time of his life. Ryan Which did surprise me a little bit, because I thought that when Ali had changed the locks... He was going, this is a bad idea. Yeah. But I think he's probably like in for a penny, in for a pound at this stage. He, he really has no choice but to just go, go in wholeheartedly. Yeah, he was being a very supportive boyfriend and he doesn't want to let Jeff into the house. So that he was going, go on, Jeff, jiggle it, Jeff. Oh uh, yeah, he was. He was like, <laughs> he so, was yeah, great. Yeah, that that's that's his trigger. Isn't I mean, it? Yeah, um, Alia was just righteous indignation. You're not getting in this house. Leave my my family alone. But Ryan was like, yeah, Jeff, you can't come in. <laughs> I, I I loved it. I love. He's so how, childish. I love how the jiggle at Jeff has come turned Retained, into this. Yeah. This uh, and I wonder whether that was the plan all along, or whether whoever wrote that episode with the with the magic box just threw it in there, and people, you know, caught onto the yeah. idea because it's so everybody's good, saying it, and and it's it's just the little it's the one thing that's making Jeff you know twitch almost, and I wonder whether Jiggle at Jeff is going to be you know there in its in his final scene when he eventually gets his come up. I can't imagine anybody sort of like pumping the shotgun and going Jiggle at Jeff and then firing around into his face, <laughs> but let's just pretend that's what happens. Anyway, uh, they go back to Sally's house, and um, Sally is still. Um, not appearing to be quite so brainwashed by Jeff as Tim is. Tim's sort of calling uh, for t- yeah t- the police. Jeff didn't the- need to do brainwash Tim. Tim is d- is doing what any son would do and taking yeah, his father's side when he has seen nothing to indicate that Jeff has done anything to deserve any of this. No, um, Jeff, Tim's phoned the police, so I guess they're going to show up on Monday's episode. So <laughs> Sally just sorry uh, the ring road again. Yeah. Sally just doesn't like all the bad mouthing of Yasmin that's going on. It seems so. Yeah, well, Tim says. Um, she is mad. And Sally says, oh, she yes, might she have mental she? health issues, Tim, but that is antiquated language that discriminates against people. It's very politically who... <laughs> correct. She did used to be the mayor, you know. She didn't say that. She just said, shut up. Um, anyway, meanwhile, Jeff has kind of snuck away from this argument to check out the video of, uh, of, of number six on his phone. Yeah, just to remind everybody, the camera's still there and Jeff can still see everything and you're just going to have to suspend your disbelief and accept that is what's happened and the camera is invisible to the naked eye. Yes, it feels like that camera is going to maybe play a part in Monday's episode as also, well. Also, it must be wired into the mains because it's certainly not running on batteries, is it? No, no. <laughs> and it's like, is it saved in the cloud? Is it being saved we, onto his we laptop? We've had this we conversation before, haven't we? Um, yeah. I, I think we've already just, um, just oh, come I, to the conclusion in this episode I that Coronation Street and technology... Don't mix. I did very brief research... And I didn't, I didn't really put a lot of effort into this because I was really interested to know what is the legal situation? What, what can Alia do? And I don't really know. And I also wonder, is this one of those weird things where the police will come and go, oh, it's a civil matter. Squatters' rights. Well, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's, people will do something and the police will go, no, there's nothing we can do about it. It's a civil matter. And you're like, like, like that time somebody backed into me in the car park and the police are like, oh, it's private land. It's like, what? So, okay. So I can murder somebody in my garden. And you won't interrupt me. Like, there's a certain level of crime that the police will accept in, in sort of these invisible boundaries that you didn't know existed until something happens to you. And then the police are like, nothing we can do. No, I don't think I just well, got no, to some, stand on Yeah, here. but sometimes property rights are not as simple as you would think that they are. No, I know, I know. But I think, um, I think Jeff's going to be in that house on Monday. I think he's going to be let in. 
And uh, I don't think that Alia can stop him, and I don't think she had the no. right to change the locks. No, she because really didn't. it's it's a joint property for for once they got married. Mm. How did you uh, how did you feel about Yasmin's behaviour? Were you kind of I, I was I was a little bit watching it going, oh, come on, because there's got to be the time when she. I wish she wasn't fine. acting so spaced out. Yeah. I want her to... I was hoping that after these, you know, a few weeks had passed, that she'd have I got over to get, that. to get, like, I'll gussy up a bit and sort of go, I want her to be... I don't necessarily... I, th- I can see where they're going with this story, but I think that we can make Yasmin a bit less... She doesn't have to be quite so... Sorry, pathetic dip, about Yeah, pathetic, her. yeah. I'd like her to be like, look, I sympathise with her already. No, uh, yeah, you she, don't need to make her act like this. Yeah, yeah, I think... Uh, I think it's, I think it's perfectly realistic though. Women like Yasmin thrown into prison, and after having done that and gone through all that, of course she would be. Um, but as a fictional character that I'm watching for entertainment, mm. I would actually like her to be a bit more like even even if they want to keep. I mean, to keep the maintain the storyline that she believes that she's done wrong. To just be like Alia, all my life I've taught you to to do the right thing, and when you've done something wrong you have to admit to it and I did the wrong thing and I know that you think you know what went on with me and Jeff but he did nothing to deserve this no matter nobody could ever do anything to deserve being attacked in their own home Mm. you know she could still be a strong person but be misguided I just don't know where we're going with with Yasmin well she's just gonna you know blub in front of the judge, isn't she? I know. I don't really like the idea of Yasmin. The thing, I tell you what it is. It feels as though Jeff's completely won and sort of turned her into this subservient, mindless drone. Mm. But he's done it, and he's not even there. Like yeah. she's done it to herself. He's given. He's like. He's like given her all these weapons, and she's turned them against herself. Yeah, almost. It feels like he's still winning. Well, for what, one thing, I'm pleased with is that this storyline is back in the mix again because I've missed it for the last few weeks. It's and, nice to see. And I'm it, guessing um, that at least every winning. episode next week we'll be able to see a bit more of this because it's only just got going. The same with the with the Asher Flasher's story. There are so many things I want to know what's going to happen. I know. So I was, I was just quite a bit surprised that this came back because, as I said earlier, I thought it was over. But um, Dev has now discovered some internet company that makes it harder to find Asher's video online or something like that, he said, hasn't he? And he's, this is his new little project and Asher just wants him to leave it alone. She knows that that video is up there. It's out there. Everybody's seen it. Once you I put it online, you wrong. can't get rid I don't, of it. I don't, think he, I don't think he's wrong. I think... Um, there have been very notorious cases in the past where people have tried to hide stuff on the internet and it doesn't work because people find out they're trying to and they're high, it's a high-profile thing to start with. But I think Asha's situation is fairly... Nobody knows who she is outside of the, her school friends. Mm. Nobody's going to notice if that video gets taken down. And it I just think, feels like Dev Dev came across a bit like Leanne this week to me. That what like in denial? In denial of that. This I'm is interested. A unsolvable situation. I'm interested. Really. I'm interested to see how this goes because I I think that there are actually. I think I think there are actually ways of doing this. Well, we'll find out, won't we? But there, we know that there are cases where it can't be done. Like for example, it's wasn't it called the Barbara Streisand syndrome or something because she wanted to hide where her, her house know. was and because she made such a fuss about it it only drew attention to the fact that she was trying to hide it and then now everybody knows about it yeah which is maybe why ash is saying to her dad 
just just leave it leave it alone but he can't and um his well he he didn't intend to go into school to sort it out today but it gets called in because ash's not ash's so has been in a fight with Corey. but it just very quickly turns into dev having a go at poor mr griffin the head teacher for not having done enough following the incident Look, this and, is this, the thing. And, and the head teacher is made to look like um, oh, do he's been, an you know, This is exactly what happened with Don, with Don, whatever his name is, last week, where he just stood there while Ed berated him. In, in real life, the, the head teacher would probably point out that they, he has a thousand children in his school and only one of them's on in the internet in a pornography website. But, yeah, I mean, and, and at the end of the day, what... What could the school have done? It's not the school's responsibility. It's an it's an to, outside to, of school to issue stop for other one chi- thing. Yeah, to stop children uploading porn to the internet. Yeah, of themselves. And, and they gave them lessons about. They would it. have been told they about have, this. You told like they they get told about. We were learned about this, didn't we? There's, People there's in. absolutely nothing I believe that the school could have done to have made it okay. And should 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 Mr. Griffin have you know expelled Corey or or. Um, What's the face, Kelly? I it's, don't know. I'm, I don't care really. It, it, I don't think it's his job really for that, and and that maybe could, I think he, I think he probably should have um, should have expelled the pair of them. Honestly, I I, I but, don't know. What but his... that might have actually led to Asher being bullied. Yeah, maybe. How can he control what people? I mean, the, the, I... you can educate people, but you can't make them use the knowledge. And I think. Everybody knows this. Don't I know they? we're obviously supposed to be on Dev's side here, but as a as a fellow educator, I do hope that Mister Griffin, um, you know, grows a pair by Monday's episode and is able to at least fight his corner a little bit. They won't ever do this, though, do they? They just want. I mean, you can totally understand uh, Dev as a parent. Of course, he's going to want to blame, um, blame the school or anyone he can and say that they should have done something. But they can't anticipate every single problem and protect every single kid and stop them from making mistakes and it's no. just unfortunate that the mistakes that children can make now can be on the internet for everybody to see which would never happen when we were kids and they were talking about that um in in the cabin weren't they with evelyn dev mary james and michael although people still don't seem to understand and it's always old people older people who don't get millennials are not teenagers or young people. Millennials are our age. Millennials have their own children. They're in the 30s. They were the people that came of age in the millennium, not children that were born in the millennium. It was Evelyn that says that she didn't know what she's talking about. I thought about. it was... Well, I don't care who it is. <laughs> Millennial. We need to... Understand, but we have to define these things because people don't... People seem to use... I don't think use, it really matters. I don't care whether I'm a millennial or a generation, whatever. It does to me because you can't just... People use the word millennial to describe anyone who's doing something they don't like that's younger than them. And words have meanings. Right. I'm going to I'm gonna say words have meanings and I think you're being very blasé about it. Okay, well, you decide what I am and then I'll... What, what am I? Then I'm a millennial, am I? We're actually zennials, which is the one between... Generation X and millennials, because we're elder millennials. Okay. Right at the very beginning of, of the millennial age. Well, now because, my life has listen, meaning. Definitely, we, we came of age before social media. We were teenagers before social media, and it makes a big difference. Mm. The worst thing that ever happened to us when we were, we were at college is we went on chat rooms and probably said a bunch of stuff about ourselves that we shouldn't have revealed to people. But it was like in 1999, and the only thing you could really do, apart from that, was play solitaire. <laughs> okay, Gemma. So, what are we making of this week's Coronation Street? Oh, yeah, I think it's time that we we came up with some sort of score, maybe out of five, 
for this week's I episode. I think we should do it out of ten today. No. Um, I'm I'm going to say it was okay. It it felt like you know with the, with some of the stories, they didn't make a huge amount of progress. And I know I can't blame Coronation Street on that too much because it was only you know half a week really that we really saw. Um, there wasn't a whole lot this week that you know really got my blood pumping or made me go, oh, what's going to happen next? I, but equally, I wasn't I wasn't bored hot. by it. Like, to to me, it felt like a a very solid three nice bazookas out of five. The thing is about this is the thing that really is baffling and boggling my mind with Corey at the moment. It's three episodes a week. It's only on three days a week. But I still feel like so much is happening. I can't believe it's it's so much. They're packing so much into it. And then I think, imagine if this twice as much stuff happened. I can't imagine it. It'll be funny when we when we go. I back. think I'm not going to be able to cope. <laughs> I see. I, I didn't think. I didn't feel like loads and loads. Michael, we had a time. fight. We had Shona coming back. That That's pretty big. We had um, James came out. James us. coming out and, and the locker room stuff. We had. Well, we had Gemma goes viral. Lots of stuff happened. We had a baby uploading a video to the internet because it's 2020 and that's the reality that we live in now. Yeah. Um, I, I think I was going to get... I'm going to give it... What did you give it out of? Three. Nice bazookas. I'm going to give it... Um, three and a half bad tr- drawings of a train. Fine. Because I think Harry perhaps doesn't understand perspective very well and his shading was poor. But he had the basics and the fundamentals. It was a nice style. rectangle, wasn't it? And he it? filled this page up, which I, I'm going to say, quite often kids aren't very good. I didn't at, think uh, he did. I thought it was just at the bottom. No, but he. I don't think he's finished. I think he's got a scar <laughs> to do. <laughs> um, so the character of the week this Difficult. week. Difficult. Shona. Why? No. <laughs> um, I, I'm give thinking it... that Sarah Lou could have a bit of a shot, to be honest, because she's. Um, she's a, she's a newly married woman um, who doesn't care about her husband. Yeah, how, how's that married life Don't going? Don't get Sarah? tied down to one man. That's what I say. Um, and she's found the time in this honeymoon period to ha- go over to Leeds to help her dear sister-in-law um, get back on track. And she didn't need to do that. And she's a, and we love a gossip, don't we? Mm. Shana, she, and, and, and she's got a factory to help sort out as well, hasn't she? Because. Because Nick oh, wasn't there, and one was thing the hospital. we didn't mention is that Michael started his new job at the factory on Friday, and we never got to see him <laughs> do anything. But I imagine on Monday we might get some Maybe. scenes of him in the factory because he's gone to buy milk, and I presume that milk will be turned into a delicious beverage of some variety. Um, or, or do we give it to Leanne? Am I, th- am I giving it to oh, Jane? Oh no, it's got to be Leanne. It's Leanne because Jane Danson as. I mean, you know, she was the, past the standout I've... performance of the week for yeah. me. In the past, I've said I didn't really like Leanne. Then over <laughs> the past few years, she's grown on me and she's become pretty tolerable. And, <laughs> and but now, high praise. But but yeah, it doesn't matter because her performance is so raw and human. It doesn't matter what the personality of the the character she's playing is. She's so human and and oh, and vulnerable, and. You you don't need to be a parent to to see and be affected by what is happening to 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 the character. I think she's doing such a great job. She is. Um, I I I think I think she she's the one that stood out to me the most. To be fair, and although, although Sarah was you know she did a good job. Um, yeah, 
Jane's performance is what sold it to me. So I'm gonna I've given it three nice bazookas and uh, and, and and Jane uh, Leanne is my character of the week. I also think we need to give a ni- uh, a nod to Nick. I was thinking that because he was really good at the old what word Cablamo. Cablamo. Nick, I feel bad for him. Still, he's he's um. He's he's on the edge. He's, he's on the outskirts, his best, isn't he? Yeah. We we didn't see that much of that this week. Last week it was a lot more of Nick being edged Absolute, out of yeah. the way and and how how yeah. This week it was just the theme was Leanne is is slowly losing yes. her grip on reality and not accepting the facts and you can't blame her and I almost kind of I'm glad for her that she has this small period of time in which she has hope. Mm. Could give a character of the week to Michael, you know. Coming out in front of his teammates, big thing to do. Mike or James? James. <laughs> James. Yeah. No, Leanne is Leanne, isn't it? Yeah, Leanne. Let's let's finish that because we've got a load of news to talk about this week. We've got so we? much to talk so about. So much news. We were on Colson's good news. News time, and um, I think we got we didn't have any cabin last week, did we? Because I said there was only one one uh, item that we could save over till this week and so we will start with that and it is good news for Sam Aston who's going to be a daddy Aww. yes he and his wife Bryony are going to be welcoming a baby um, later this year I didn't know sure I can't remember I haven't looked at the dates anyway this is this is their first um, child together after they got married last year very, how very lovely congratulations another Corey baby to come so um, another I have nothing more to say of the Aston well done you did it Dynasty. Oh yeah, that's true. Because the Aston babies. Yeah, those Aston kids. They're all. They're everywhere. Yeah, so perhaps we'll, we'll, we're they're gonna have to get one of the um, Corey characters pregnant so that they can. Yeah, I wonder whether young Aston is gonna follow in his father and many aunts and uncles' footsteps. <laughs> we might get to see <laughs> him knows? on Corey at I some mean, point in the future. The child is not yet born. Yeah, let, let's, we can't really let's get him out of the womb first. I mean, as much as I'd like to be an agent for unborn children, um, I don't think that's really allowed. Well, that's how it happened with old um, Warren Jackson, isn't it? Who played the first Nick. Remember, he got cast before he was even born because his dad was mates with Chris Quinton. Well, so it, that's how it used to work, isn't it? Back it's in happened, the days. Just right. saying. And, and Sam, if you're listening and you want to get his name down on the list. We'll take a small cut. <laughs> right, TV Choice nominations. That's the second piece of news we have. TV cho- Awards.tvchoicemagazine.co.uk can vote in the long list until Friday the 12th of June. Yes, and there's we've got a couple of awards uh, this week with which have been announced, so get over there and vote. This is um this is always a very 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 long list um where you can vote in a million categories, but obviously the soap ones are the most important ones. It's crucial that you vote for all things Corey. Yeah, you have to. It's the law as a Coronation Street listener. No, viewer. Conversation Street listener. We demand it. Best there's only two categories. Best soap actor very interesting picks for this one because we've got Jack P. Shepard, standard on the nomination list, definitely deserves to be there. Rob Mallard, obviously, Mallard. after the Sinead story, fantastic actor. Shenanigans, like shenanigans. <laughs> and Ian Bartholomew. Hmm. Interesting. Now, very, very interesting. Arguably one of the best, because I, I don't think in real life he is evil. I believe not. I've seen uh, him. I mean, I've seen him, recently. and he, he has a different lovely. voice as well. So that's acting, isn't it? Yeah. So he's nice, really and, good, and an actor. Good acting. Um. So he's. Uh, yeah. We we were talking recently about um whether the Yasmin and Jeff story would get recognised in the awards and the fact that so some pleased. of the awards have been cancelled and everything. 
Um, the fact that this one's going ahead because TV Choice is like you know, September or October time, I think. Um, really, really pleased that he's got up there. What a massive turnaround for I know. that character Can you and, and for Ian. Well done. Yeah, brilliant. Doesn't it just go to show you how much talent is in the cast? Mm. It does to me because you can pluck anybody. I think, honestly, I think the cast is so good that if you give anybody the spotlight, they will rise to the occasion. And Ian Bartholomew has proven that. Mm. So we also have the Best Soap Actress nom- mm. nominees. And the- this is also very interesting. Yes. We've got Dolly Rose Campbell in there. It's very understandable considering how much of a focus they've put on Gemma's character. And she's a popular character. She's um, a popular she's character a lot to do. among some viewers. She has worked very hard. And so she definitely deserves the no- nomination there. We've got, we've got Shelley King to go along with Ian Bartholomew. Now, brilliant. We were hoping... I'm so, so chuffed for her. She's brilliant. And an- another one that's come Yasmin. out of nowhere. We've yeah, loved know, Yasmin but... since the beginning, but it always felt for the first few years of it. She was like, oh, I haven't got anything to she do. She's kind and... of on the periphery yeah, and now. And, and a couple of times that, that we met um, Shelley up in Manchester. She was saying, so when they're going to give Yasmin more stuff to do? She's and like, she's like, oh, maybe in the future. You don't know. know. Well, um, but I, I, I'm really, really chuffed that, that she's been recognised. Um, and the third one, Gemma. Tanisha Gorey. Mm. Excellent. This is really good. We've got two Asian actresses in this list. Yes, I didn't even notice that. And no. a young a young character as well. Normally, um, I don't know how old she is. She's just turned, just turned 18, hasn't, 18 she? hasn't she? I don't know how old... Norm- normally, Tanisha would be looking at getting a, you know, a, a young actor's award. I can't remember what they call them. Yeah, but best. now she just kind of tipped, she's tipped over into the adult category and immediately been nominated. Interesting choice because a lot of people have been very, very um, uh, positive and. I think uh, people have been and, really supportive of uh, and the surprised story. that we're uh, coming out of nowhere. Yeah, and the selection of of Asha as the character to to carry that story and Tanisha's risen to the challenge yeah. beautifully. She's, done so she's, well. She's made everybody, you know, stop and, and, and watch. Yeah. But interesting that... Very talented. Even though, despite all of that, though, she has only been in the spotlight for, like, three or four yeah, weeks this is in the, the past year. There's not, a, there's not a lot of content for the, for the Asher story. No. But it is good, you know, it's good that she's been... Oh, it, like you say, it's an unusual choice because yeah. there are other actresses who have been in the show and had a lot more to do. Well, I, but I, I think it's a testament to the power, powerful nature of the story that she's been in. Yes, totally. I just think that probably um, Katie McGlynn was deserving of one of those I spots didn't even think of that, you're right. The fact that Rob's managed to make it into the soap actor, and he 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 is is definitely one of the best actors in my opinion on Coronation Street. But the thing is, Katie McGlynn sad... also did a fantastic job in that story, and I honestly think that she should be in that best yeah. soap actress. And I'm sure you know who I think that she should swap with. It's a sad testament <laughs> to the fact that a lot of the time when you leave a soap, you kind of get forgotten pretty you do quickly. Sometimes, but you don't always. It's an interesting. Sometimes one. you do. I mean, they can't stop bloody bringing up what's his face hiding in the bushes. Tell Todd, yeah. I mean, yeah, we still hear of Todd, but I think Daniel's totally over the fact his wife died of cancer. Well, he's not he, he came back from Scotland for a bit and that was it. I think Beth's more sad about it than he is because she's still in Scotland. I wonder, had we stayed on the regular schedule, whether Jane Danson might have made an appearance on that long list as well because she's been fantastic, as we've been I saying. Know, but I know. We, we've only seen the very, very beginnings of the story and I wonder, you know, if, yeah, if we'd been on the regular schedule, we'd have been that much further into the story. She might have, might have, there's no, you know, we don't know how long this storyline is going to go on for, and, and I mean, it depends on I feel on when. it's a long burner. Well, I mean, it really, aren't we just measuring the length of Ollie's life? <laughs> um, harsh, but maybe it's true. It's harsh, but true. Um, 
yeah so anyway that that's that and then the next story a radio time soap awards like just came out a couple of days later i think um so this is specifically just for soaps um and there's one Coronation Street nomination per category. So Best Actor and Actress are Ian Bartholomew, Ian Bartholomew and Shelley King. I'm obviously dead, dead chuffed that they've made it there. Uh, best Newcomer, Molly Gallagher, who plays Nina. Really good. Yeah, she's she's become a, a quickly become a favourite of uh, oh, lots of Coronation Street uh, viewers. I'm not surprised that she's made it there. She's doing a, she's doing a great job. Give her a proper storyline though coronation street it's, it's time um but I'm, yeah, I'm chuffed with that best storyline coercive control it's interesting whenever you see these things that sometimes one story dominates and looking at these nominations here no mention of the Sinead cancer story i know and was it because it's so, it's so much of a bummer <laughs> i don't know well this is you know this is quite harrowing it's harrowing but you the thing i think the difference between the two stories is that you can see some redemption on the horizon for yasmine you can you can imagine her getting out of this and triumphing over jeff you can't triumph over terminal cancer very true very true um but anyway, it and you it, can stick that it does in it just sometimes makes it look like there's only one story going on and, and it's I know. Not true, well but... it's kinda of like putting all your eggs in one basket, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, you can go over to the, the Radio Times website and um go and vote for that. And I haven't actually got a date here for how long you got to vote. So if I were you I'd get it done pretty quickly because you never know. It might be too late otherwise. <laughs> Finally, and I have been hiding this, I'm, final, I'm this final story from Gemma's eyes because I want to get her on-the-spot reaction to it. Beverly Callard was on the front of the star a couple of days ago. Um, I'll, just, I'll just give you the quote here, Gemma. I've been doing quite a lot of filming at the Barlow set and it's a weird feeling. <gasps> what? Is there a ghost? There is a ghost. Oh, oh, tell me more. It's Anne Kirkbride. No, no, that's... <laughs> she, she, she was there in spirit, most definitely. Her photos are on the shelves and you can't go on on the set without saying, oh, I hope you're here with me. I know she visits us. I don't know what to think about so that. So there you go, Gemma. <laughs> Beverly Callard says that Anne Kirkbride is, um, is there with them in spirit. It's a ghost. <laughs> when they're filming in the Barlow set. And I don't know what to say. You love a good ghost story. I love story. ghost stories, but, you know, Anne seemed... Kirkbride, so, it was so tragic how um, she was taken away so young and um, it just kind of makes it, just reminds you that she's gone, doesn't it? I know, I know. That's, a ghost. that's sad, but um, I, I did think that was um, an unusual really article to, to make the front pages the other day, yeah. But it's so the how has she managed to get that in the, the star a few days ago? Um, she has not been doing filming no, she, recently. No, she hasn't. I, I, I don't know why. Oh, she I had there. been doing quite a lot. Of yeah, filming. she she had been, and she, she was just being asked about what's going on at Coronation. Weird been. feeling. I mean, it's now, because we've it's been, been to that set, and I didn't get haunted by Anne. Well, we didn't go to their dressing room because Bev and Anne oh. shared a dressing room together, and and Bev oh, also said that she hopes that Anne's really nameplate will stay up there. Of course, it doesn't has want to. it. To, well, it's weird. It's one of these things. Like, it, it's nice to think of it, but but will it? Now, I, I don't day, know what. You don't want hap- to get confused about who's who's who in there. there. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't. There have been so many great names that have passed through Coronation Street. You can't keep all their name plates up on the doors. You could put them above the lintel, couldn't you? Yeah, I think that's what I would do. But if they do it with Anne, they need to do it with, with everybody. With everybody as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do. I wonder what happens to all the. I think all the I old think, name plates. Well, we know that a lot of them aren't even relevant anymore, are they? No. Because 
they were never there. So you can't, you couldn't have, you know, Pat Phoenix nameplate in there. Yeah, because. But where did they go? That's a good question. I wonder. I bet some it makes of them it sound have like ended you've got at, one. No, I, I bet some of them have ended up at that exhibit at Daisy Nook Garden Centre. Yeah, I wonder if it's still oh, they still got that there. And they're going to put the um that exhibition space in. They are. We don't uh, know whether they don't know what's happening. The with plans that. are still in place. We assume, but obviously. When it was it seems... that we talked about that? That must have been like back in February time. Yeah, hadn't it was we? Early the in plans the year. were put forth to the uh, the Trafford City Council That's about right. this new new set. That, not um, no, what was it? A new. That museum visitor come center. visitor center exactly that you can visit and, and it would also rooms. yeah it would, and it would have, yeah there would have been a stage for um media briefings and, yeah, and, and press screening and a new set that could have changed the frontage oh, and everything front, yeah uh, for a pharmacist or what have you but i mean who i've got no idea Such whether a shame, that's going i think ahead it was or... aimed to be unveiled at the end of the year to coincide with the 60th anniversary don't know how the plans have been affected by what's going on but we can only hope that even if it doesn't hit the 60th anniversary, it's still... Yeah, so it's a little forward to for next year, maybe. Perhaps buzz. Perhaps it carries the buzz through from the 60th. Because mm. it is the 60th year, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's year 59 now. Yeah. So when they get when we hit the 60th, you know, really, 2021's the 60th. <laughs> yeah. That's it a, is, the bulk like of the 60th. It. That's what I would do if I was Ian McLeod. Write that down, Ian. <laughs> and, and you can take your ghost hunting equipment when you go as well. Uh... Oh, yeah, get my... um. My Frank's box and my, uh, whatever, I'll get my uh, automatic writing kit out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's it for news this week. A lot better than last week, I have to say. Let's round off this podcast with a little bit of feedback. I know it's, I like, it's a lot of feedback again this week. Did people have things to say. They did indeed. Let's <laughs> find out. Feedback time. Thank you, everybody, as always, for your lovely feedback on the podcast and about Coronation Street too, which you'd like to read out. And thank you, everybody, for voting in our weekly Facebook poll. It got there was a massive range of votes this week. Like often, it's like you know three three scores get voted, and there's various amounts for each one. But there was like six or seven different scores, oh, ranging so from like one up to four really? and a half. Wow. Yeah, it was really, really divisive, but it all evened out to be 3.4 out of 5. So, you know, not too bad a week on the whole for last week. We need week's to be curry. looking up some statistics words so that we can say things like a good spread across the board or whatever. Something like that. Rebecca gave it four, no, three and a half George Clownies. <laughs> Shay gave it two containers of leftover dance snacks. That was another thing we didn't talk about oh. in the street tour today, was it? Who was it? Mary asking Evelyn about how Arthur is. And um, Evelyn was like, she, she was trying to avoid talking about it by saying, so "No, I'm like, not. I don't talk to customers." Yeah, she said, "This is a business transaction." I don't. I don't socialize. I want with more clubs. Arthur. Come on. Um, and Pat uh, gave it three and a half cradles of filth. I can I honestly do teenagers. Is that now vintage? This is really embarrassing. My my goth cousin used to listen to Cradle of Filth when we were kids, and do do people now listen to that as like as like. Oh, I'm so cool and old school. I, don't I guess they do. Me. I've got no answers. Have so they not made any good music for goth since, <laughs> since 1999? Marilyn Manson. He's a good one, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm with but, it. I'm hip. <laughs> yeah. Um, Vanessa wrote in. She's from Australia and she has just started watching Classic Corrie. Um, she watched Corrie 
1994 to 1995 when she was living in London. And so watching all the classic episodes are giving her nostalgia, she says. I like how we've got an email from Australia. I think we've, got, we've, we've had quite a few from all over to the world recently, haven't we? We insulted quite Australia cool. earlier, Vanessa. Did you like that when I we said say. that it's full of big spiders that kill you? Oh, yeah. oh. Australians must like that because no, they're that the ones was, that say most. That of was in that was in our um, our other episode, wasn't it? That was episode. in our bonus episode. Yeah, Vanessa's heard all uh, all before. It's um, true though. There are quite a lot of big spiders. I refuse to believe that that Australians don't love it when everybody says that their country's full of spiders. Crawling out the dunny. I think they think it's hilarious because I don't think it's true. <laughs> right, so she says she like ha- seeing having bet in the Rovers with Raquel behind the bar, Fiona working for Denise, little Stephen Andy, Joe McDonald in the garage, so he is, Alma and Gail in the cafe and my favourite of a couple, Jack and Vera and she reckons that the scenes like you used to get with Jack and Vera don't happen with couples anymore. I very much I agree with that. I've been loving the Jack and Vera stuff on classic Coronation Street and there is something about that couple and and I don't think there are any Corrie couples at the moment, and there haven't been for a long time that have got quite the the banter and the and the, the actors that are so comfortable with each other and they bounce off each other so well. I mean, Sally and Tim when they were first together was the closest we got to that, but it really wasn't that close to it. Doesn't it feel just... like people face things as a couple anymore in Coronation Street? Whenever things happen, there's always like a, a they always have an argument about it, and then they mm. don't. They sort of one of them has to face it alone, and then, and then the other one gets one back around. Or it's you know, like thinking I... about Tim and how he opposed Sally's political career when she got mm. bullied, and um... it's just that that by you know by nineteen ninety five or ever up to in classic Coronation Street now, Jack and Vera had been together for a good you know twenty years or more, and you could really really feel that, and they had all that history that they could draw upon. And, and that there aren't any couples. I mean, I suppose the Baileys are the closest now because they're supposed to have been married for however many years. I know, but we years. haven't seen we that haven't seen on it, and I don't, so it doesn't count. No, and I, and I don't get necessarily a feeling of them as having a huge amount of history. I don't know what I has do. been written. I do, I think they feel very comfortable together, and I like, really like that. Mm. But um, yeah, Jack and Vera are fantastic at the moment. I'm looking forward to seeing them soon to be running the Rovers. She says, on the current story line, she loved um, Friday scenes with James and Ed, Thought it was going to be a bit cliched, but actually brought a tear to her eye. She said, I'd love now to see some everyday stories for the Baileys rather than just the issues-based stuff. We need to get to know them properly. Well, we have got a story coming up soon with Michael and Grace, I assume. I don't think people are clamouring for Michael and Grace. (laughs) Michael in the factory. Michael and Alina. I want to see Michael Mm. in the factory. We uh, there was something going on with Michael and Alina last time we saw them together, wasn't there? Possibly. Ooh, Alina versus Grace. Mm. I think Grace would win. Vanessa says, I'm also enjoying the Ollie, the sick Ollie storyline. I know a possibly dying child is never ideal. <laughs> and I think that that is the understatement of the century. Yeah, you could say that. But I also, I think the, all the actors are doing a great job and making the story compelling. Yes. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank, Thank you very you, much. Vanessa. I agree. Um, Fangirl Overload has sent in her usual Instagram message. As soon as it finishes on Friday, we get a message from her. Now it's great. She says she really, really enjoyed seeing Shona again this week. Glad to see Ollie home, and the Baileys are getting better by the week. Bryn posting the vlog seemed slightly unrealistic, though. <laughs> Other Wednesday, day, everyone's been very polite. I know. It's just not like us. Asha hasn't been on screen for a few weeks, so good to see her back. Likewise, Yasmin. I think Ali will find the cameras now. Character of the week is David, and I give it three and a half pictures take, picture taking monkeys out of five. I think if Alia was going to find the cameras, she would have found them. I, it needs to be someone else because I think if after all this time Alia found it, it would ma- enrage people because, like, why couldn't she have found them before? I know. 
I mean, the same say they had a police forensic investigation teams combing the house like three weeks did. ago. I don't think they, 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 they did. They did the kitchen bit of the house because that's where the stabbing took place. And probably yeah. a bit of the carpet. If I was probably. Jeff, I'd like, you know, cut, um, what's the word? Uh, cut my losses now. I always try and say these phrases that are wrong. I would... Go, leave. No, I'd, I'd grab the camera now while well, I'm still winning. he can't get in. He can't get in. No, I'm going to get in. The police are going to let me in on Monday because it's my house and I'm going to quit while like I'm ahead. you're talking about Jeff in the first person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to quit while I'm ahead and I'm going to take that camera and thought I had a good run with it. Got to do a good bit of spying, but I think... Um, now's the time to end. Yeah. What I would do is divorce Yasmin and take half her stuff. Because, I mean, that's what the Cory women do. Why not time for a man? Yeah. Right. Thank you, Fangirl Overload. One, two, three. Now it's time for Helen. Says, <gasps> we say we've got another overseas. We've got a Kia Aura. Is yeah. this, this is a New Zealand, isn't it? I tell you what, New Zealand is the place to be. I've said this already. That's what Martin Platt says. Um, she watched... This week, last night, which is our podcast, 417. And this was the the Yasmin with the red dress and everything. So she said it was an absolute cracker, edgy viewing. The red dress scene was so traumatic to watch and so demeaning. You can see Yasmin had lost all her pride and dignity was at, and was at rock bottom physically and emotionally with nowhere to turn except a horrid Jeff. Yasmin hadn't eaten for a couple of days because of being worried sick and Jeff torturing her and this would have affected the chemical balance of her brain as was shown with her hallucinating in the ladies' room at the Rovers and when Jeff was wielding that seriously nasty bread knife at her. Self-defence right there. Good point. I'd, I I'd have you as my, as my lawyer. Yeah. Kick out him, Ran. He's too busy making his cups of tea now. He ain't got time to defend you, Yasmin. He's too busy gossiping in the, in the break room with the police officers. Going, <laughs> yeah, I know, Tom. Guess what? Um... She says, Helen says, uh, she agrees with me that the detective was right on the button with her interviewing of Yasmin. She thought it was very realistic. Um, not many people think that her interviewing was, was, was good, Helen, so thank you. Mm. She gives it five out of five. Bloody brilliant, she says. And she's talking about Five how, out of five what, Helen? Oh, come on. She said um, it's good that, uh, well, she said it's good acting, but it's, it's to everyone's shame that this emotional abuse is pre- so prevalent in our, in our society and in all cultures. Good point. Mm. Um, Rebecca has said uh, about last week's episodes even though it's really sad I'm enjoying the Ollie story see that's what I've, generally people are saying that although I have seen some people saying this is too much there's too much tragedy going on in Coronation Street at the moment think... it's not postnatal depression it's dying child or it's um, what are the tragic things happening on Coronation Street at the moment Shona, sure something and, else. Shona and David the dog's b- bereavement of <laughs> his owner not yeah, wanting but, to live um, with him I think if people don't mind the fact that it's another tragedy, um, they're at least appreciating the the direction the story's going in and the performances. Um, but Rebecca does feel sorry for Nick too. Glad that Toya is there, Rebecca says. And this this mitochondrial disease uh, needs awareness. Lily and Foundation. Fundraising, yes. At first, Rebecca says, I wasn't sure about the Bailey special episode, but I, when I found out it was supposed to air on Stephen Lawrence Day, it makes more sense. Yeah, I remember that because Rebecca tweeted us, um, I think it was while we were recording the podcast last week or maybe, I can't remember, saying, oh, I'm not sure whether this episode's really working. But yeah, it was supposed to be on um, April the 22nd, Stephen Lawrence Day, so it was a bit of a... Well, I think that's why they did it. It it also now what's happening in America with everything that's going on is feels as though it happened at at, at the right time. And perhaps I don't know if it would have been too much if it had happened this week. 
um, people are really waking up now. Yeah, yeah, you're to, right. To, I think uh, if you'd asked a lot of white people, you know, re- uh, even recently, you know, what, what racism, is it a problem? They'd have gone, well, I know some people say horrible stuff sometimes, but it's really not as, bi- as big a deal as it, people make it out, and now we know. Yeah, well, this is what Kevin was saying, wasn't he? He was given the role of, you know privileged white man astounded ignorant yeah yeah um yeah rebecca says that what kevin said was in character she loved the ed and james scene though and glad that ed has finally accepted his son she agrees with me that grace might die or be in a place where she can't raise tiana making michael raise her um knew that the vlog would annoy Gemma. Gemma's vlog would annoy our Gemma, and she also thinks that she's recovering a bit too quickly i only hope and i this sounds mean that this is heading for a relapse because it doesn't... No. I know you don't want to see it. I just think it's not true to a real experience and it's selling people short. I think she could just recover off screen. Well... Um, Rebecca says that she's thinking the same as me, that Arthur might die as there's too many mentions of going to the doctors for her liking. Um, he's going to the doctors because he's killing them. <laughs> And finally, she liked the David and Craig scene, especially a bit where they put Jack instead of David on the subtitles. Obviously, we didn't recognise this, but some people pointed out as well online that when um, the... Uh, I can't remember what it was. It's, it's supposed to be David does such and such and the subtitle says Jack says such and such. Oh. <laughs> um, as, as we said, she gave it three and a half. George Clowney's out of five. Now we've got a message from Joseph and he's obviously in... based ah. in... Las Vegas. Yes, based in America. So he knows exactly what what's going on over there. Um, he was talking about his thoughts on last week's curry, and he said, especially given what's going on across the pond and what happened in the bistro last week, it's kind of eerie. And it really is. I, I agree with you, Joseph. It's kind of... Feels... It feels so... Coinc- it feels like a coincidence, but it isn't, is it? Because this is going on. Yeah, it goes on all yeah, the time and, still. Um, and it feels like... Yeah, like I said earlier, that some people have only just noticed. Mm. Um, Joseph says, luckily all the crazy protests going on in the US is pretty far from Las Vegas, even though I heard a, a match is looming over here in Sin City. Those protests that you've seen on the news, it's just terrible, isn't it? Well, I've heard a lot of people saying, um, oh, you know, well, how can they expect people to sympathise with them if they're going to do this? If they're looting, then they lose all credibility and stuff. When people have been pushed to to the, this extent, they don't care about sympathy from you. They're not interested in your understanding anymore. You've you've lost your chance. Mm. You just have to accept that um, this rage is justified. And it's, um, I think it was. I know Martin Luther King Jr. was the one who used to be um, very pro peaceful protesting but at towards the end of his life he was also beginning to say that sometimes violence if you if you if nobody listens to you when you're being peaceful where do you have to go it's totally understandable i can't imagine living like that i I know the fury that you would feel every day Mm. and then to see that poor man what happened to him Mm. is murdered right in front of everybody by a policeman Mm. Anyway, um, Joseph says, I don't know if Friday's episode would have been better if it was aired along with part one, but part two felt a bit too much PSA feeling. Um, it changed, however, near the end of the episode when everything came together between father and son. Mm. And I think I, that's how I felt as well. It did feel a bit clumsy and then it neatened up. Yeah. 
As a response from a couple of weeks ago when Michael was wondering, how do I feel about not getting the references you two make on the podcast, given the vast history of Corey since his start in the 60s? My only comparison is how much of a Whovian I am, and I haven't <laughs> seen much of classic Doctor Who. I did, however, before the 50th anniversary, see the first three and a half original series of the first Doctor, and then school happened, and I didn't have time to finish all the classic Who. Out of all the recent Doctors, I still have a strong attachment with a 10th Doctor, David Tennant. I suppose it is similar, isn't it? Because we've watched all of the... Um... You know, the revival of Doctor Who. But I we've not, haven't. Well, I've, I've been in the room. You've been in the room when it's been on most of the time. And I've not really seen any of the old series of it. But I get I get some of the references. Yeah, you you know... I it's... appreciate it. I like that it's got a history, but I, I don't feel like I can really delve into it. No, no. You sort of watch it and you go, I know that's significant, mm. but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I like a show it's with like, a bit of history. It's like when you watch a movie with your parents and they laugh and you don't know why they're laughing when you're a kid and you just go, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got some feedback from um, Derek, who is a 70 Street fan on Twitter, about our um, feature discussion last week on the first half of the 1970s. And um, I remember I was really excited to find to, to hear what he thought of it. Um, because, you know, being called at 70s Street fan. Well, he's quite the expert. Yeah, and, and I, I think we were generally pretty positive about it. Yeah. But um, he, he says that it was interesting to hear our thoughts. He reckons that the early 70s is rather overlooked compared to the 60s and late 70s to early 80s periods. Uh, and we were, I mean, watching it, it's like, uh, not really surprised, because although there were there were positives in there, it wasn't one of our favourite periods so far to watch, but even you were saying the other day that you're getting more into it in what we've seen in 1975, haven't you? So yeah. long may that continue. Um, he's glad that we are able to fill in some of the gaps in the DVDs with uh, YouTube episodes and um, hope that... Oh, yeah, and he said that there's something that happens early in 1975 that he didn't want to spoil for us. Um, we've seen it, that it, We've seen it. It was the, it was the yeah. bit where um, Bet finds out about her son dying and... Uh, really good this is what i was saying about bet and how bet's had a character arc mm. that i haven't really noticed but i'm not saying that it didn't happen with our characters it probably did but i've noticed this more with that with bet than any other character and she really fe- feels like she's got an arc yeah now one of the things and that was a pivotal moment one her. of the things from the late 1970s onwards Derek points out is that that's when Granada Plus started showing them. Now, Granada Plus was the channel that launched in the UK, I'm going to say, actually, oh, okay, 98 maybe, I don't know. Um, and they started showing the classic Coronation Street episodes, but they didn't want to start them straight from the beginning because they didn't think that they people would be that interested in what happened in the 60s, which is, I don't know, there, there, there may be some truth in that, but they picked the moment where Elsie Tanner returns to the street How to Can start I just interrupt off. you? How could you... When was the last time you flicked through telly and saw something on in black and white that wasn't a classic Hollywood movie? Not when do they ever show black and white TV shows? I don't know. TV? I don't flick through I don't think TV. they ever do. No. So they, they might have been right. But yeah, he, he, his point is that if there are any other episodes that we want to watch, then a lot of them, because they were on Granada Plus, have been ripped up and put on YouTube. So, um, don't tell anybody. Any, any sort of classic episodes that do get missed from the DVDs we're able to watch. And, That's um, really cool. I remember when Granada Plus launched and they, they, they had 
like in, in the month or so before it launched, like just trailers upon trailers of various programs that I Granada no Plus was going to be names. showing, like classic Coronation Street and Jeeves and Worcester and things. And there was a, <laughs> there was like a, a a one two minute trailer of classic Coronation Street clips. And I, as as a young Coronation Street nerd, remember just sitting <laughs> watching it again <laughs> and funny. again and again. And there were there were clips that came up in that that have gone on and stuck in my mind literally just because they were appearing in that. And I was so excited to watch it, but I thought. I, I can't watch classic Coronation Street because they were... They showed at least one a day and it might have been more and I thought... And I think maybe my mum and dad might have even told me, you're not watching that because you spend enough time watching normal Coronation Street and this was only when it was like three episodes well, a week or so. You're not, remember... watch, you're not watching this classic, but eventually I did. I think I started watching it when it got to about 82, 83 or so. I remember when we first started going out and I... I really like Star Trek and I kept saying to you and you had a friend who's literally, his, his nickname is Trekkie mm. and he's really into Star Trek as well. I kept saying to you, I think you'd like it if you got into it. I know you're sci-fi, like you like Doctor Who. The genre shouldn't be a hurdle and you said to me, I'm not going to watch it because I'll get obsessed with it and I'll have to watch every single one and that is what you're like. So I can totally imagine a young Michael almost like, you're kind of like, right, I'm going to take marijuana but I'm not doing heroin because I'll like it too much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I didn't like Doctor Who when I started going out because the revival hadn't happened at that no, point but I was right. along the same lines wasn't it definitely but I, I was unable to resist the temptation of classic Coronation Street so I've seen a lot of it from the from the early 1980s but um, yeah very, so anyway he's basically saying it's there on YouTube and already it's there if you want it already David from uh, from Coropedia has, has suggested a few that we might want to dip into and uh, we certainly shall be doing that yeah um he says though Derek says that the second half of the 70s to the early 80s for him is a particularly strong period for the show so i'm very excited to um to be able to watch some of those and and re-watch some again um he says it's um great that we're discussing episodes from these early years on a regular basis interesting for long-term fans and hopefully it may encourage some newer viewers to investigate them keep up the good work i hope it does we, we had heard from a couple of people sort of back when we first started doing this that they've also gone back and started watching some of the others but equally some of the fans that had been contacting the podcast or had been interacting with the podcast for a long time have kind of come out the woodwork and said oh yeah I like that and that that happened so it feels like we're a little bit you know late to the party watching some of these old episodes so I'll just say again and again if you are a big Coronation Street fan and if you listen to this podcast I assume you are it is well 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 worth getting the dvds or if you can't get on youtube and watch them because it is a, a fantastic slice of history if you've got the time it's um it, it it's really you've you know taken the podcast off into a different direction this so year, you're recommending it? people to watch classic vintage cory because it will help their podcast no <laughs> it will help your appreciation of the show it will help no, you no, understand us because we're elevated beyond your your, your it's ken. just been so fun um seeing things that but up until that point we'd only read about or we might have seen little clips from and we've been able to see the context of them and it's even though there's been vast swathes of the I mean the first 15 years or so so far that we haven't seen I'm feeling like I'm piecing together the chronology of Coronation Street so much better than I had in the past right thank you very much for that um Derek Derek (laughs) 70s fan 
Um, Nancy said, discussion about Ed was great. People experience racism differently. I was moved by the Ed and James scene and loved Ed's comments in the bistro. And the discussion in the Rovers was well done. And she gave this week three and a half equal opportunity ty- tyrants. That's what I scored out of, Nancy. She can do what she <laughs> likes. And you she said, Stealer. the character of the week was Ed. And she's talking about the bonus section about the 70s. She said she watched the Josie Nelly episodes and she was on the edge of her seat. They were amazing. They were brilliant. Absolutely they really were. Them. This is the thing. Um, when you listen to us talking about it and there's something that you think you, you might like, just just dip into that episode. Yeah. You don't, have, find to, that episode. You don't have to commit to watching 80 plus episodes like per said, decade. I would also say, if you're going to watch anything at all, get the 60s ones because they... Not not because it's like, oh, oh the 60s is the original and the, therefore the best and oh, I, I like old things, so I'm cool. It's because... It's like those gen on more, Pokemon. There are more... What? The people who are the Pokemon fans that don't accept any past the first 150. I, Snobbery, I tell you. The world I didn't know or care about. Um, the, the 60s had more standalone episodes. It's much easier to digest. Yeah, we found that it was a lot easier yeah. to... Yeah, to digest, as you said, to, to keep up with what was going on. But it is worth, as well, if you want to, looking at Choropedia and you know, reading the synopses for the episode or two before the ones that are going to be on, because that has often helped us to mm-hmm. get the context of it. Yeah, we've... Finally, and I'm just... Nicole. Nicole says... That... Oh, she's she's talking about the Dirk character profile, because it's been a while since we've heard from Nicole. And... Um... <laughs> I still wonder how many people because we we don't talk about Dirk all the time. But when we, we do, we haven't talked about him for a long time. We just assume that, that everybody know knows who, who we're talking yeah. about. Our, our bald factory foreman, played by lovely Adam Bleece, and she says that we've often referenced Dirk, and I was confused, thinking <laughs> you might have been talking about Kirk. Nicole, have you not heard of hashtag Dirk not Kirk? Look it up. Not everybody knows everything. This is what I keep saying. Um, so. Nicole says she listened to the character profile and finally got it. How did you guys keep a straight face recording that? So funny. Because I'm so good at BSing that I... See, I'm not usually. I was quite yeah, impressed with myself that we were able to do that. You're not very good at lying. No. That was so, so fun to do, that Dirk character profile. And I know that Adam absolutely loved it as well. Mm. Um, Nicole wants to thank us again for putting the episode numbers in the podcast. It really helps figuring out where we're at here in Canada. Here's a tip. She's got a tip. I heard from one of your listeners that they were having trouble aligning the timing of the Canadian broadcast to your episodes. A tip for them, go to the CBC streaming app. Um, yeah, go there. Yeah. And it, and it has the numbers. The episode numbers are on that, exactly. And now, my thoughts on Jeff and Yasmin. It's great that the Canadians are finally caught up to uh, the Jeff and Yasmin because all the excitement that we felt and the, you know, the, the tension from, from those particular episodes were able to re-experience again. Yeah, it's true, from, actually. From their point of yeah, view. Yeah, that's true. She says, wow, so amazingly good. I don't understand Jeff's motivation, though. His despicableness ex- escalated so fast. Before, I could see how he was trying to control her and mould her to be the kind of wife that he wanted. He has completely changed her character. But he seemed to switch to using those ugly insults and telling her he can't stand to be around her. And then he admits to using the escort surface and seeing another woman. Was it the chlamydia infection that just made him veer off from his slow-paced plan to keep her under his thumb? Does he now actually want to end the relationship and has decided he will leave her as just a shell of a vibrant, confident woman he originally fell in love with? 
assuming he did love her, which I doubt, and now he's spinning this story to the police of how awful it's been living with her and her alcoholism. Sally and has her doubts, which will cause havoc with her relationship with Tim and Yasmin's friends, and Alia will start putting these things together. This is all great drama, and I'm loving it. The acting has been superb by everyone. Did you feel... Uh, what do you think about Jeff's um, I find him confusing, and I wish I'd read more of that book. I'm going to have to read more of that book about... You started a few books, like that Pat Phoenix autobiography. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> hopefully it will be enlightening, because it doesn't really make sense, does it? I mean, he had been saying some of the... Do you remember, like, the Thunder Thighs Yaz thing? Because that was a good He's few months ago. He's been dripping it in, and, and I guess he has merely turned one tap off and the other one on it, yeah you know, the compliment taps off now and the insult taps just going full blast and the the um the transition between the two was so subtle that yasmin never noticed it happening until she was stabbing him with a bottle yeah i mean i've i've never been completely sure throughout any of this what his overall goal was i know he's wanted to get control of her money for example he oh there he just doesn't understand relationships and how to have a relationship with someone without controlling them and manipulating them. Well, the fact that he seemingly has you know, had similar issues with other women in the past, which I'm sure think, will come to light soon. I don't think there's a long-term goal with people like this. I think that they just push the boundaries until they get to a place where they're comfortable. Mm. And, and 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 they don't i honestly i don't think that there a lot of the time it's calculated i think it's just a natural that 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 they're twisted in such a way that they don't understand that's not how you you're in a relationship they've got some kind of personality disorder or something that 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 prevents them from interacting in a normal way there was definitely a turning point where i think that jeff knowingly became evil and i would say it was when he snuck in in the night and stole that uh, jewelry and then sold it off because i think up until that point last year we were saying maybe maybe he thinks he is just doing this for yasmin's protection but the thing but is when he did that he must have known no i've um i've turned a corner here but i think also and I, and I can get away with it there's a certain point to be made that this is a fictional story and that jeff has not been created to be the perfect template of an abusive man yeah. To de- to demonstrate to us w- what they're like and how they work. It's also an entertainment programme and this kind of escalation is part of the drama of the show. And it did make for a darn good episode, <laughs> I have to say. So, um, Finally, she's uh, she points out something that's been bothering her for a while watching <laughs> Coronation really, Street. Is what's being able to lock somebody in a house? She said this, like, Corrie and other Brit programmes, she reckons that this happens seems to happen more than she would ever imagine and is this common can you actually get locked in a house do you not think this is dangerous wouldn't you catch on fire if you're sometimes people get locked in a car as well don't they wasn't it the thing didn't um didn't audrey lock lewis or in in, in the car like, you locked me time? in a car did i yeah you went off and left in, in i felt like a dog in the car because <laughs> i couldn't open the door or wind the window down i don't know whether it's possible to lock somebody in the house our door don't tell anyone where we live you could literally push it open probably when it's locked so i don't think we're in danger of we've got one of those ones that you have to lock when you leave the house Mm. but some people have i don't know is this thing is this 
Literally, I think, I've I think lived it, is, in it seems two very dangerous to be able to lock somebody in the house, and but also a very handy plot device, like you were saying. I Nicole. think, though, I think, I think they've got two locks, haven't they? They've got a yell lock, which I don't think you can lock someone in with, but they've also got one of those big chunky keys that looks like a classic drawing of a key mm. with a long shaft and then the little kind of square. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think that those are the kinds of keys that you can lock and leave locked. Like, mm. they're very, very basic. Like, you use them for, like, a... You use them on a shed or, or, a, or a gate. Yeah. And some people have them as their back door, don't they? Your dad's got one like that for a back door. Mm. And you can lock it and leave it locked. But Yale locks, I don't think you can. Who are we referring to being locked in the Jeff house? Jeff locked it? Jasmine in the house. Yeah. See, there's at least two exits to that house, isn't there? There's, there's the Are you blaming the, the victim? <laughs> no, I'm blaming the storyline as a scriptwriter for not explaining how he was able to do that. Right, that's it. That is I, it. Thank I don't, you, everybody. I think, I think it's a common practice in stories. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've not... Michael wouldn't dare there's, lock there's, me in, There's so. more, that, more that you have to suspend your disbelief with than being locked in a house. For example, babies <laughs> posting blogs. But no, I, I appreciate shut up. I appreciate this question because this is the kind of thing I I wonder when I'm watching American shows or something. I'm like, I want you to explain to me this massive confute like, and it doesn't happen very much with American shows because I feel like I watch American shows. Yeah, you more do. Sometimes than... you see things. And you guys, is that a thing over there? So it's natural for people watching abroad. So is is that a thing over here? That yeah, but I like those are my favourite types of questions because hmm. I like to explain things to people. Jammer, <laughs> jammer, jammer, jammer. We've reached the end of another podcast. Feels like it's been a long one this week. Oh, I don't it's know. terrible. No, it's, it's good. We had it's a, too long. I'm a, sorry. A, a, no, it's because we had a half an hour long. We had a half an hour long feedback and a half an hour long introduction. Yes, we did. Thank you very I much, Sally Matthews. Matthews, for coming <laughs> onto the program. Always nice to to hear from you. When when did Sal come on last? I think it was when she was uh, made. Made Rover's return landlady. She oh. came on for a bit of a chat. So it's been lovely to have another little bit of a catch up and. Don't forget everybody else. New competition. Patreon. Win a year's worth of Patreon membership. How many episodes Street. existed of the show since the beginning of time? You know what the Listen question is it, and it's I not that. It was. How many episodes have we talked about in Street Talk from the first episode of Conversation Street up until today, Friday the 29th of May 2020? You can find out, we found out. Email in and tell us and you'll be entered into a draw. And maybe we'll get some Corrie Star to pick your name out then as well. We we might not. We might not. I feel like I'm trying to set a precedent know. here because yeah. the last few competitions we've had, we've had people coming on I don't um, know. To, to draw the names. Because but... it's a prize to win something to do with the show. I don't know if they'd be allowed to. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? So, cause, like, That's ages stamp- because don't forget you got until the 3rd of July to enter that competition. And... Handily, get Michael a uh, birthday card. Yes. He's if you be would 42. like to, I am not. <laughs> how old am I going to be this year? I lose track. I always am think I I'm a year older than you. How old are you now? I... How old am I? You're a year young. You're thirty. You thirty six, and I'm thirty seven. Uh, uh, I'm thirty eight next year. Yeah. This year. I think I must be thirty six now. You're not thirty six. That's too young. Yeah, you're 36. Yeah, I'm 36 now, soon to be 37. It's really crazy how I you forget, like isn't it? it? I don't want to be 38. Well, you but will. then I don't want to be... I think it'll only get worse, won't it? <laughs> so I should just take it as it comes. 
conversationstreet at gmail.com is where you can email us either your competition entries or your thoughts about the podcast or what did you reckon about Coronation Street this week we'd love to know and maybe we'll read it out on the next week's podcast um, you can go onto our blog conversationstreet.podbean.com to find a whole range of things like our past episodes or no that's about it actually <laughs> You can't. They're sorted into nice categories like what different character profiles we've done. Or do you, or you can have... read about our trips to, or, or, or listen to about our trips to Manchester. Isn't or you there... can look at our old feature discussions. What were you a link say? to like buy merchandise. There, there is a link to buy merchandise if you really want some. Um, and also links to our other pages like our, our iTunes page and our Instagram and our Twitter and our Spotify and our Facebook Loads and our YouTube podcasts, and our Patreon. To always be selling merch and nobody ever buys or wants our merch. But I think our logo is really cool. I really like it. I think it's cool even if you don't listen to the podcast. Yes. It's too expensive and it's not our fault. We don't even make any money from it. No, we don't it's, it's all ready. But if you're in our Patreon, <laughs> patron and you're tier... You're the Rover's, Rover's tier. Return, you would have got... You should have. If you haven't had it, Everybody should us. have it by now. Please let us know. You should if you, have a if mug you've been, If now. you've been a Rover's Return patron for six months or more. Um, and I really love those mugs. I think they're great. Michael did a great job. Michael is the one that does everything around Stop here saying. and I just sit here and talk for three hours. Stop saying that. I don't do any work. You you don't realise how much work you put in. I do. You spend hours. I know, but why are you saying that you don't do anything I just, then? You don't need to say it all the time. But Gemma's going to do yeah. some work now, isn't she? She's, she's, Gemma's got a job of looking through all those uh, 90s choreo magazines. I'm going to be checking up on gonna, that, everybody. This is going to cause so many arguments. <laughs> <laughs> if if uh, one of us hasn't stabbed the other to death, we'll be back No, that's bad taste because that happened in the show and that happens in real life. And you can't make jokes about it. We will be back next week for episode 421 of the podcast. So look out for it. Have a good week, look everybody. Out. Look out. It's behind you. Be alert. There's a podcast <laughs> coming every Saturday morning. Yeah. You can't stop it. Tara for now. The music Bye. for this episode came from podcastthemes.com.